Good afternoon. Can you hear me, dear? I can. All right, good. We'll wait for the room to populate for a few moments. We'll wait a few moments uh, while I also search for my earbuds. <laughs> oh, and, yes. Uh, put some things in the jumbotron. Oh, look, Joseph is here. So if you want to go ahead and start inviting um, folks up uh, that you know um, we um, count on to kind of contribute to the conversation, you can do that. Um, I am going to search for my earbuds. If I don't find them, I think it'll be okay, but I would really prefer having them. And um, I do have a few things I'm going to put in the Jumbotron. And if you want to, um, I just want to, let me say this. Welcome everyone to this Monday's weekly advocacy arena forum conversation. So glad to have you here. Um, looking forward to some great conversation today. I know um, I expect that uh, Mark will be joining us. We've already um, have some questions, some legal updates that we want him to cover for us. I see Joseph is here. Uh, I expect Danny to join us uh, to kind of give us an overview of some med media uh, and journalism uh, perspectives uh, that are going on with stories. So I think we're going to have a great conversation today. I'm looking forward to it. I am going to turn it over to my fabulous co-host, Soul Sister, while I do a little um, housekeeping, putting some things in the nest and searching for my earbuds. So Welcome, everyone, and please, as always, share and retweet the space. Uh, invite more folks into our conversation. Good afternoon, everyone, and I'm happy to be here uh, today in Advocacy Arena. Uh, I know that uh, with all of the other uh, media alternatives to this uh, to this app that uh, some people have... <laughs> Some people have decided to devote more more time there, but as long as we're able to function here, we will be here. Uh, there has been a lot of news. Um, I'm still stuck on affirmative action. Uh, there's the Tulsa case being thrown out. Um, there's Mark Robinson, the lieutenant governor from North Carolina, spouting his crazy. Um, at the Moms for Liberty Summit, uh, there's also, you know, the disbarment of or potential disbarment of Giuliani, as, along with several other of the former 45's uh, other lawyers, including Lynn Wood, John Eastman, Jeffrey Clark. So um, we have a lot that we can talk about. Oh, Gregoire, I see you. Hello. And hello, everyone, and welcome to this space. Yes, thank you for getting, I'm still searching for my earbuds, but um, I'm putting some things up in the Jumbotron. Um, some of them are local, uh, but they're making national news. Um, a sad note, but I think one of to be, be remembered is that um, the um, passing of Dr. Catherine Burks Brooks. She was a member of the Freedom Riders in uh, with a Nashville connection, and she died. Um, and um, you know, so I just want to honor our elders. Want to remind people that um, I um, interviewed a um, mo the mother of one of our community members, uh, Donna, and um, her mom is awesome. Uh, 
we expect no less as Donna is off, uh, awesome. So I'm going to be putting that up in the Jumbotron. I want you guys to listen to it. And um, she, in fact, is in part why I um, titled the space with affirmative action today because we had a great conversation. Uh, I don't want to give um, too much of it away, but the period of time in which she began her work life um, was in the 1960s and um, affirmative action and a lot of our civil rights were um, just being granted. So she has a very interesting and informative perspective. And I, I love to hear those kinds of things because, you know, she's someone like Dr. Marshall and Dr. Marshall wrote a great article about it as well who have lived lives that they know of before certain rights, before we had certain rights and after. And then to be here to see, you know, like the benefits of those rights, even though they were still hard fought and, you know, things weren't easy, even after we were given the rights, the fact that we now have people who are seeking to take those rights away. And um, what is very interesting about uh, Miss Francis, who is Donna's mom, is that she actually worked for Clarence Thomas when he was at the EEOC. So she knew him before the rest of America got to know him and uh, she knew him well. So like I said, it's a great, um, a great interview, a great conversation. So I just encourage you guys to, to listen to it, to amplify it. And I do plan on having um, another space, a conversation where we can plan uh, for her to be there and really um, have a great conversation around it. But I did reach out to Donna uh, today to ask her if um, she was up to it and um, wanted to join us, that we would certainly welcome her. Because get this, y'all, uh, Miss Francis, uh, like our <laughs> Dr. Marshall, is on social media. So I just love it, love it, love it. So with that being said, um, I'm going to um, turn the mic over to Joseph and I am going to continue my search for my earbuds and adding things to the Jumbotron. And so sister, I'll look to you to kind of um, uh, moderate a little bit because I am going to be distracted. Okay, well, hello, Ms. D. Hello, Soul Sister. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. Always uh, nice when I can spend part of my Monday in advocacy arena. And thank you, as usual, for giving me a chance to uh, to speak. Um, I guess I, wa I want to talk a little bit about just about where I am at today. Um, I am out in the field for my work. I'm visiting one of my branches. And uh, the 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 office that I'm in is in um, uh, California's 49th congressional district, which was a a race that I was uh, pretty heavily invested in last year, and one that I'm going to be heavily invested in again um, next year. Um, 
Mike Levin, the current representative, he's done a great job for this district. Um, his his district encompasses parts of two counties. So my county, Orange County, and then uh, San Diego County, the, the coastal portion of northern San Diego County. And he has done a great job uh, for this district. Um, I A lot of times I will watch his town halls and um, he brings receipts every single time. And as a matter of fact, he was recently named Orange County's most effective member of Congress. And this is at least the second time where he's been named that. And because he has um, accomplished a lot of uh, bipartisan legislation and he, you know, this isn't an easy district. It is technically a Democratic district, but not by much. When he first won the seat in 2018, um, he flipped it. It used to be a Republican district and uh, he flipped it and he is he has built a coalition in a rather challenging district. So I just wanted to put that out there just for for starters. Um, you know, if if by chance you do look at various races, California's 49th is um Definitely uh, a good one to look at and one that we need to hold uh, next year if we want to take back the House. Um, You know, as far as uh, uh, some of the other things that have gone into the news lately, I mentioned in uh, Carla's and Shauna's space uh, the other day that ever since the Supreme Court decision came down about that sham of, uh, uh, you know, sham case of to basically uh, permit anti-LGBT discrimination, um, I've kind of, I kind of felt like my fire has gone out a little bit. And I'm kind of like, okay, where do we go from here on that? Because I just feel like it. I understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it just, it, it was a huge punch in the gut for me. And really, really demoralizing because, like, I spend a lot of time on this app, you know, you know, promoting LGBT rights and feel like now that we've gotten the wind taken out of our sails, it's like, okay, where do we go from here? Because it's like it opens Pandora's box to so many other awful things potentially um, because they're not just going to stop with us. They, they want a license to discriminate basically against almost everybody. Uh, let's face it. So um, I, I, I've kind of felt like in the last week and a half that like I haven't, like I said, my fire has been gone a little bit about with what I've been posting, but like, I know it will come back. And um, as long as this app is functioning, you know, I'm going to use my, my voice to get the, the message out there because I know giving up is not, uh, not an option at all. Um you know, I think pretty much everyone that's in this room right now has a lot to lose if um, if we're not successful in our endeavors. So while I'm, you know, temporary, this is a temporary setback, um, but I'm not going to give up. So I know that my fire will come back eventually uh, and I hope it comes back sooner rather than, than later because I've got a lot of work to do. So uh, other than that, I don't have much else to, to say. So I will sit back and listen to what everybody else has to say. So thank you, Ms. D. Thank you, Soul Sister. And I will land my plane there. Thank you so much, Joseph. And, and I understand what you mean. Uh, it was pretty demoralizing um, for me as well to see rights just being stripped away and um, the rhyme and reason is just simply cruelty and oppression. I too have been 
very much um, feeling some kind of way about it. Like uh, it was, it was really hard to be at a barbecue on July 4th and think about uh, where we're going as a country and how far away we are from uh, actually realizing uh, the dream that should be available to all citizens in this country. And it, it's, it's, it's tough. So I understand it. And I also agree. We can't, uh, we cannot give up and, you know, take a moment to lick our wounds, but figure out a game plan and a strategy. So, um, I understand the sentiments and the feelings that you were feeling. Absolutely. Um, you know, wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. As my son uh, goes into his junior year, it is disheartening to see uh, what his college um, opportunities might be because of this, simply because I am his mother simply because he is who he is and looks as he is and carries the ethnicity that he does. And it is a sad, sad situation. Um, but I do see that we have uh, Gregoire up here. So I'm going to turn it over okay, to him. And I have found my earbuds, guys. So <laughs> yay, <laughs> I can rest and, and really fully listen. Although I, I was hearing you and Joseph, I understand. And, and I think we all have those moments, um, which is why we kind of gather here on a regular basis to kind of um, uplift one another, keep one another uh, encouraged because, you know, um, the struggle is long and it is um, disheartening sometimes when um, you fight for rights um, and you have an opportunity to enjoy them. And then someone snatches them back um, for uh, no really good reason. Um, it's very disheartening. But, you know, it's okay for us to be disheartened, um, but, you know, not give up, you know. And, and I am there uh, a lot of the times. I have many moments. And uh, this is as, you know, I think Crystal spoke to last week, kind of where I am is a, a little bit unplugged, like staying aware, you know, because we must stay woke, <laughs> but keeping up with what's going on, but not too, um, I guess, emotionally <laughs> um, plugged into it because um, I don't want to, um, to have my spirit broken, um, even though this, you know, my heart breaks every day to see what's happening to our democracy, but I don't want to just fall into despair. I want the, the things that are happening to, to continue to um, motivate me and others and not um, let it immobilize us because sometimes that's what pain can do, you know, and, and disappointment can do. So, you know, we're with you, giving you virtual hugs, uh, Joseph, and I am so excited to hear from our friend Gregoire. Um, so glad you could join us today. So how are you? Well, hello, the Hello, soul sister. Hello, Joseph. Hey, how everybody doing today? So um, I just want to start off saying it's been a very eventful week and everything like that. So let's get 
let's spill the tea, what's on my mind. So, Elon Musk is going through some things to, to since Wednesday night. So the basic, the hottest, biggest thing that's been happening for the past five days was Threads. So I just want to know who signed up for Threads, and if not, what are you waiting for? Threads is the hottest new club that we should be joining. Um, it's basically, it basically is a Twitter. 2.0. You can't say that out loud because Elon is still mad because, you know, he called Mark Zuckerberg a cluck yesterday. That's the tea, honey. And then he wanted to measure his his penis with Mark Zuckerberg as a contest. Yeah. All this is all true. All of this. Yeah, I saw that. And, and, and it's just it, it not surprising, but it's just heartbreaking. Um, that this is where multimillionaires are, you know, how they're behaving and spending their well, time. Well, well, Mark Zuckerberg is is behaving classy, which we talked about. Elon is not behaving; he's misbehaving. But get this: what the real gag is, um, um, if you didn't know, Jeff Bezos, the Amazon head, he's also kicking with is with Mark on on threads. So I'm like watching this, and they all laughing at, at Elon. And I'm like, ooh, the shade, the shade, the shade. Uh, yeah, I, you know, he I, deserves every bit of it. I, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm enjoying the drama. So what's, let's see what's going on. What's trending right now on Twitter right now is my the the congressman of the congressman out of out of New York. As we know, that George Santos has compared himself to being the Rosa Parks, Rosa Parks of all people, because Mitt Romney told me to stand back and stand back in the bus, and I'm not going to stand back. I'm not going to sit back. I'm not. I'm, I'm Rosa Parks. First of all, he did that comment ever since um, Mitt Romney made that statement back in FD, if you remembered. Back in the state of the union, in, in, in state of the union, he made this comment about Rosa Parks, but somehow this comment has recycled again. So he's trying to be a one-hit pony, trying to get sympathy, trying to garner some appeal to him, and he's talking about how Joe Biden is not looking like a mess at not taking care of the border, which we know all know about this border. Border politics. It's all nothing but a game. Um, it's just a, a lot of hot air coming on his end. But there was a lot of breaking news as well. If you didn't know, AOC has endorsed Joe Biden for a second term, which the far left is having meltdowns. Well, they need to just get over themselves. <laughs> and I see, you know, because um, AOC. Uh, it, she, as I said, you know, at times um, behaves with um, sense, you know, pragmatic, mm. <laughs> pragmatic uh, decision making, mm. which, you know, you must have in a democracy. So, you know, oh, good for her. Uh, good <laughs> for her on that count. So let's in the, also the next uh, next news, because, you know, some people accuse me of being long winded, but I'm not. I always drop the T. But what else, what else is also is. 
also, yeah, that is shade. Mm. Anyway, so, so. <laughs> I can always count on you, Gregoire. So, okay. I know, ahead. I know, I know. <laughs> I just have to. I, I just had to throw that in because, you know, I can't be Gregoire if I can't be throwing shade. Okay, so here goes the next thing is also that's on the plate. Terrence, um, oh God, I now, knowing that I'm through the shade, I'm now forgetting, but no, I'm going to remember. There's also, also things that we have to be developing with the Supreme Court. We have to be re- reiterate and state the fact that we need to be on full press of supporting Joe Biden for the next term. Oh, yeah, now I remember what I have to say. I'm seeing a little clip in which I am so proud of you guys. While I was all in my all in my laps of building up my thread account, thread account over there, I think y'all have been doing the work, and which is the work is y'all been giving the business to Ian Brenner. The Ian Brenner and uh, and Eric Bolding about those Kamala the Kamala tweet. I I soon when I saw Ian Brenner turn around and saying like, "What is Kamala talking about?" I, if anybody you don't know, it's Kamala Harris was at the Essence Fest and she was talking to a group of black women, and somehow the conservative Eric Bolding and Eric Bolling, whatever he called his last name is, I'm, I don't care. Would say it's bowling, yes, bowling, B O L L I. Yeah, so I did say it right. He made a, made a derogatory anti-black tweet about Kamala Harris, and somehow the the far left and the center, who are the people who don't want Kamala Harris, were pushing this tweet. And I gotta say, thank goodness that y'all was on board and saw it and cop it and shut it down. Soon when I got involved with Ian Brennan, turned around and sent that derogatory tweet. Can somebody translate? Soon when I did a quote tweet on him, guess what happened, D? What's that? He deleted it. So they do recognize and uh, often retreat when they get a little pushback and pressure. Uh, so that's good. Yeah. So this is what. But I screenshots was... last forever. Oh, but of course, because you know I kept a screenshot and took that. I took it right over there to threads. Anyway, I just want to say this: moving forward, moving forward, when it comes to come to threads or any social apps. Do not listen to what they tell you. Say, do not engage with these people. This that is a that is a false narrative. You need to engage with them. No matter if they're saying, "Well, you're going to spread the misinformation." How are you going to counter the misinformation if you don't have the if you have the facts on your side? Do not allow anyone to bully you like horse whisperer or I would name the names. I don't even listen to horse whisperer. He's blocked on this app. And coming to see him over there on threads, it's really, like, unnerving for me. And also when it comes to bullies like Nina Turner, you got to counter their message because they, they have no problem saying what they got to say. So you should be doing the same thing, too, on all across on all social medias, okay? So when you hear big accounts telling you not to engage, 
you know what to do. I'm I'm supposed to respect in D's face because I would say like this. Nobody should not be telling police in you. If you see something out of sorts and not right, you always counter the message by telling the truth and saying that you got the receipts and you could own it. And I want everybody to do that. Stop listening to everybody else because to me, you once you engage, and then this is a little thing that I want everyone to learn. Once you engage with these accounts that's tending misinformation and propaganda and lies and saying nonsense like this, you get more engagement and you gain more followers. And that's the little trick of the trade. On that note, guys, I'm going to land my plane. I want to say thank you, D. Thank you, Soul Sister. I'm glad. Hi, Joseph. You Look at you. you talking so well. Mm-hmm. Joseph uh, has been a great contributor, and we've missed you. I know. So I know. I, I'm very proud of you. Oh. I'm getting hot in the voice here. Anyway. Uh, oh, stop it. This is a daytime <laughs> space, Gregoire. Uh, I do see that Mark is in here, and I know that he will come up when he has um, a chance. I'm giving him the mic. Stop. Uh, I'm going to mute you. <laughs> so, But thank you. You uh, brought up some great um, points um, for us to um, be paying attention to. And as far as I'm concerned, people... As long as you're fighting for democracy, um, everyone needs to fight in the way they feel most comfortable um, for them, you know, and um, that would be, you know, the advice that I would add to what you say. Um, So I don't want to I want to know, are you going to be on threads as well? No, no. Uh, Not yet. Now, I may change my mind, but um, I don't like Zuckerberg at I mean, I have IG and Facebook accounts, but I don't I don't go over there. It's just, you know, we all have those little, you know, kind of personal stands that we take against certain things and people. Um, and he's it for me. <laughs> like, okay, okay. So it's totally understandable. Totally understandable. <laughs> but I want to say thank you so much. Thank uh, you, know- you so much for doing this every Monday and and, and same goes for Soul Sister. I know it's like the timing and the timing was always be off with us exchanging the ideals of pushing and talking, but I'm glad I'm able to speak. So I'm going to land my plane. I have to step away because I have to eat, okay, because I'm hungry. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm glad that you took time out to come in and share. And I know that a lot of people are here um, often, um, very supportive of, you know, the uh, conversation, the space that we have and the work that we do. And I want you to know that I uh, am very humbled and appreciative um, of it. And even when you're not able to come up and speak, um, just listening, I know, um, makes a difference. And it's important because, you know, we all have our lives to uh, lead. And uh, I know that the people who um, come in here are often, um, you know, out making good trouble, making noise in other ways, in other places. And so for that, if we can just be kind of a gathering place, for you to come and uh, to feel supported um, and inspired um, to be a source of information for you. Um, I am so 
happy to play a small part in that. So that is why I try to continue to do this um, on a regular basis. And um, as I said before, um, oh, Allie has come up and I, I'm so happy that she did. And I know Mark, when he finds a place in his um, time, uh, he has planned to come up and address some questions that uh, members of our community uh, have for him around, you know, certain cases and things that are, um, you know, taking place in the Supreme Court and and um, around the country, other uh, things that we need to be looking at. So um, I thank you guys again for being here. And I'm so glad that you came up, Allie. Yeah, I had some news stories. I'm not quite as prepared as I wanted to be because, you know, with the extreme weather um, here, we have had a lot of power outages. Like this morning, I, I had planned to to get up really early, kind of getting my stories and everything together. I kind of shared the things that I was looking at with a couple of people that I know always come and speak. So they, you know, would know kind of what I was looking at and thinking about. Uh, but I wasn't able to find the stories that I wanted to because my power was out for, you know, most of the morning. And um, I, I have um, some information, but I, you know, I know that there are enough people in this community that generally these are the things that you're going to be looking at um, as well. I want to, uh, before I uh, give the mic to Allie, who I, I'm so happy came here, is to kind of give a rundown and I will be um, posting stories and things about this um, on my timeline as the week goes on. But some of the top things that I'm looking at is uh, Tennessee just reinstated the uh, trans care bill. And um, at the same time, uh, I know this this story is making national news. There was a man um, who was a soccer coach who just got arrested for, um, you know, sexually abusing kids. Um, he has lived in this place in Franklin County. It, it happens to be the county where Marsha Blackburn is from. And so is our governor. So that's up in the Jumbotron. So I think, again, that it's interesting that, um, and I think we had um, a minister in another county that they target uh, drag queens and the LGBT community and other people and uh, accuse them and teachers accuse them of being groomers and this sort of thing. But when the stories of actual abuse um, happen um, and, and we hear about them, they are not any of those people. So I want to make you aware of that. And like I said, Mark is going to come up and talk to us later uh, today. And I hope he's going to address uh, the Tulsa case ruling, uh, some upcoming Supreme Court um, cases that um, could have a, a huge impact on our democracy as if they couldn't destroy it any further. Uh, is uh, a Second Amendment case um, and the tax case and then also the NATO summit, I, uh, I need to get uh, kind of plugged into what's going on over there, but I need y'all to be aware that it is happening. It's very um, important. And um, also uh, the case with the social media, the government, 
and um, stamp prices are going up, which makes me all every time I hear something about the postal system and John Lewis stamp is going to be released. Uh, but DeJoy is still the postmaster general and that just shouldn't be. But anyway, uh, so I'm just going to drop all of those little gems for you uh, to, you know, dig into further. Oh, and Giuliani being disbarred. So, yeah, leave it there and let Allie tell us what's on her mind and heart today. So how are you? Allie, I don't know if she can hear me. I mean, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, <laughs> yeah, I kind of went on there a moment. I didn't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was trying to get a. a um, I I got this New York uh, Times uh, uh, article on the NATO summit that I can give t- to the, our timeline. So I was just trying to get that up, but I'll get it up in just a sec. Um, yeah. Um, so the news over here is, of course, that uh, President Biden is is here for the the summit and. Uh, has been in England this morning. So, um, but just wanted to say much love to all you guys. I, you know, it it feels like there's so much and so many things that are stirring around lots of difficult energy. And uh, I just want us all to kind of, I just hope we can all just kind of stay as calm as possible, keep our eyes on the, the prize and keep um, going forward together. And uh as I've said many times, everyone around the world is watching and hoping that we will continue to do well. And this administration is just so well received overseas. It's 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 like night and day. The coverage is just astounding to me. Um, it's so quiet, seen as just like dignified, uh, extremely well working in the face of all that came before with the previous administration very reassured uh, in the international community by most of the moves that the Biden-Harris administration have been making on the world scene and also a, a, a feeling of confidence that they will be continuing to do a very good job with uh, national concerns, even despite you know the context and these latest Supreme Court rulings and that type of thing. So um, if that's of any uh, consolation, there is a um, very positive response. Uh, and I've talked with some friends in Latin America this morning also, um, and also uh, a bit overseas in the Asian area. And again, people are so pleased with this administration given what was left by Trump and the Supreme Court rulings you know are people are aware of that the implications of them you know it's very interesting because if you look at a country like France you know homosexuality was uh, uh, proved as legal back 1776 or something I mean the, the, the idea that the United States would still be addressing these issues with the ridiculous religious orientation and fake religious orientation that they are is just seen as kind of hard to understand. But um, whatever it is, they're pleased with how this administration is is working on it. So everyone is is rooting well, uh, for us to remain stable and to keep going forward. That's so. great to hear. And I always uh, look to you to kind of give us uh, the perspective that, um, you know, geopolitical um, 
you know, perspective of, of how we are viewed. I mean, um, because it does matter, you know, our alliances with other countries is important. And I hope you don't go anywhere, Ali. I'm glad you joined us, but Mark uh, has carved out some time for us today. And um, I have kind of given him some questions that uh, folks wanted answered, and I'm going to yield the mic to him and give him a little time. And um, certainly um, we'll be happy to come back to you um, if you will just uh, yield to him at this time so we can um, let him um, make us smarter about these legal cases that are uh, proliferating. So, Mark, you have the floor. So glad you've joined us. Hey, D. Happy Monday, everybody. Soul Sister, always a pleasure. Um, always a pleasure to join Advocacy Arena. Um, I love the dialogue. I love the elevated discourse and the robust debate that uh, we bring to the table. And I see Tiff in the room. I see Carol. Um, I see, oh my God, I see everybody. Oh my goodness, look at all these people. Um, Joseph, I see Joseph, man, like we've been having like, we've been, we've been really busy over the last couple of weeks, but, um, I do appreciate, uh, your, your questions. They were, they were pretty good. So, um, just to, uh, to cover, I'm, I, I, you know, these are cases that I was reading about just like everybody else, but I, I might have a little bit of a background with regard to the, um, the legal issues, the Tulsa massacre case, um, that got dismissed. And the um, and the Biden administration with social media. I, I talked about that. I think on another. I think on um, on Carol's space, uh, but I didn't talk about it in the advocacy arena. So I, you know, uh, everybody was on there, but um, both both are worthy of, of talking about it here. So on the on the Tulsa case, it, it, you know, it it's one of those heartbreaking cases, right? Um, and it's the 1921 Tulsa massacre where um, there was a a, a neighborhood. In, in Tulsa, Oklahoma called, what was called, it was Black Wall Street, basically. Um, and um, because Blacks were doing so well, uh, white folks decided that that wasn't, that that, that, that wasn't allowed in America. Um, and, and as we talk, as we look at Tulsa, I think we need to, we need to contextualize Tulsa into the broader debate and, and, th and think about cases that are coming about now with regard to affirmative action and all these things because 1921 was only 102 years ago. James Meredith entering University of Mississippi was only 60 years ago. So we're talking about one generation of, of Black family from Tulsa. Like, you know, you know we're talking about one generation. Um, may, maybe two sometimes, but like for the most part, uh, you know, one generation uh, my grandparents were certainly around um, in the 1920s. So, um, but so as we think about Tulsa, we have to think about these things. Now, now here, here was so these were like the last remaining survivors of the Tulsa massacre that actually lost something in in the massacre. They lost they they lost their families maybe, and they lost their uh, they lost property, and also lost wealth. And and that's something that um, that needs to be discussed more. And Kataji Brown Jackson and I. I know you guys are like, oh, here he goes with Katanji Brown Jackson again. But it's important that you look at her dissent, which thankfully Justice Sotomayor did the legal lifting so that KBJ could really break this down. And when we look at the Tulsa massacre and how the case was dismissed this week, you got to read that dissent by KBJ. 
and I and I told you last week that their their descents work together. They're not separate and apart. They work together because it was important what KBJ was saying. What she was saying was that look at the different statuses generationally between whites and blacks in America. That's why we need affirmative action. You want to pretend everything's equal right now, but two generations ago, things were so unequal that people that look like us, like me, weren't even allowed to even have the status that you had, right? Two generations, 50 years, 100 years ago. People that look like me weren't even allowed to go to the same school as you. And now you're saying everything's great. We're like post-racial. We are colorblind. That's, that's, that's not the case. So we, we look at um, the 1921 case. So immediately, because it was over 100 years ago, and they filed the case in 2020, the case was initially about to be dismissed because of statute of limitations. There was some limited, there was some limited um, damages that were given to some folks, but not all folks. All folks weren't compensated for the losses. That loss of generational wealth that was established there and the, and the wealth that was garnered by people that took those spots because Tulsa back, Tulsa now does not look like Tulsa back then, right? I'm um, just like Katrina now doesn't like, look, the New Orleans doesn't look like prior Katrina then. There's a lot of gentrification that goes on. And gentrification doesn't mean it's all bad. It just means that people that live there for, for a while can't live there anymore and new people move in and all of a sudden Starbucks comes in. So statute of limitations was a problem with that case from the get-go. So they couldn't like just like file a regular case to make this happen because of statute of limitations. So and 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 also there's there's other things like sovereign immunity, standing. Some of the plans had to drop off the standing. Lack of evidence was a problem too, given the amount of time that had passed since the massacre. It was difficult for the plaintiffs to gather like sufficient evidence to prove their claims. Um, and th- but then like always reaping around, always reaping around, um, despite their first claim, there uh, was the political questions doctrine. So in law, with well, in, in judiciary, and I'm speaking purely in law, right? I'm speaking in law in this bubble. I'm not speaking as re- real life Mark. I'm speaking as like, you know, adjunct professor Mark. Um, that's what's called a political question doctrine. Why, why we're not going to win reparations in the courts? It's because it's a, it's a it's in constitutional law the courts will avoid deciding certain cases that they deem to be inappropriate for judicial review, meaning they want that to be decided by the executive and legislative branches. That, that like, so, things like reparations and things like things like uh, damages caused by uh, lingering. Um, lingering uh, discrimination that is going on uh, from something that happened even a hundred years ago. So if a lawsuit involves broad questions about systemic racism or the government's role in perpetuating it, um, the defendant's going to argue, uh, defendants being the government or any government entity, that these are political questions that aren't suitable for the, for the resolution by the courts. That's what's, that's what's supposed to happen. That's in our, that is in law, right? So what, what the attorneys for, um, the um, the plaintiffs in this case did. They saw that there was a uh, there was a public nuisance claim that was won by the uh, attorney general of Oklahoma regarding um, opioid addiction, and that how uh, because of the op- because of the companies the uh, pharmaceutical companies that were proliferating opioids, it it presented a lingering problem from 
like 20 years ago. It's still, the problem is still happening now. So kind of creatively, which, which I love. And like, and I, I want to emphasize that even though this is seen as a, you know, they, they, they failed to bring this case to trial. Um, it was remarkable legal work by these attorneys and they should be commended to the utmost because um, they creatively got this case to this point where it could not go any further legally. So the public nuisance law, the public nuisance means that it's traditionally used to address new situations where activities or conditions infringe upon public rights or cause inconvenience or damage that keep on happening. So like, for instance, a, a factory that's releasing toxic fumes causing health issues for people and they stop doing it, but the health issues continue, right? Um, so you see where I'm going. Things continue to happen. In this context, the lawsuit was seeking reparations for the Tulsa race massacre. The plaintiffs were arguing that these actions um, that, that, that constituted the massacre, um, they were arguing that that harmful condition to African-Americans was still infringing upon their rights and causing physical and economic damages now. It's a difficult argument um, and one that they wanted to get to uh, with, with evidence. They have to sh but, but they were trying to get to a certain point where they can show the effects that the, of, of the massacre and that they were ongoing, that because of the systemic racism and economic disadvantages caused by the massacre, that they continue the harm today, they, they were arguing that the public nuisance is continuing. Um, and that's and the judge last year, the same judge, allowed them to develop their case, which is you know all that could be asked for from a judge. Uh, but at this point, they were, and it's an innovative use of public nuisance law. Um, and it's, it was a very difficult, and the only avenue available to the Tulsa uh, massacre victims. Um, and, and so I, I, I applaud these uh, uh, these attorneys for um, thinking outside the box and 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 sometimes you know sometimes a win is not necessarily a win it, it establishes it establishes a not, not not I don't want to say a precedent but establishes like a, hey so this is a direction that we can go because I'm gonna tell you this right now reparations aren't going to be just given to us and and I think these attorneys are, are ahead of the game when it comes to public nuisance like. Uh, uh, Republicans want to go after fentanyl makers. They want to go after China. They want to stop trade with China. Well, Nikki Haley wants to stop trade with China because of fentanyl overdoses. Th these are avenues that you know these these young scholars um, that they they develop and 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 try to bring a case to bring recompense to the Tulsa vic to the Tulsa victims, and they just ran up against the law. And and I it, 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 we cannot say that the law is wrong. And we and I I. I feel for the victims sincerely. I cannot say that the law wasn't followed. I cannot say that the, the injustice is that they weren't compensated with reparations for their loss. Um, and a lot of this had to do with um, a lot of shenanigans that happened after the 1921 rise. What what the statute said was the statute of limitations for such for such a for, for, to bring an action. Um, they missed time. They were misled. Right. Missed time. Didn't have proper representation. Um, and so there's a lot of factors that happen here. And this, this is the last dish effort. Now, there's still an appeal. Right. That's available. Well, I, I thought that, that, that it was dismissed in such a way that it, it couldn't be brought again. I, I don't know the legal terminology. It was, it, was, it was dismissed with prejudice, meaning they cannot bring the case again. They can still I, appeal the okay, dismissal, though. Okay. All right. Um, so. So that. 
I was going to say, um, I love that you said, um, you know, just using the law in creative ways. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But it's also a reminder that, you know, we were able to um, use the law uh, to get gain a lot of our rights. But it is not just the law alone. Um, it, that is what helps, you know, codify them and solidify them. But, you know, there are many ways to to um, bring about um, change. Um, so I, I appreciate that you addressed it in, in the manner, you know, that you did because and, and, and also speaking to, um, you know, the the restorative measures and, you know, what, you know, they they can look like and um and and ways in which they they miss because um uh, we know that the families there many all over this country need to be um compensated you know reparations but um what that looks like and how that looks is um you know up for a lot of uh debate in fact i was just reading a story about um women in north carolina i think it is who um, land was trying to be taken away from her and Tyler Perry um, and some other celebrities kind of um, put a lot of money into a GoFundMe to to help her, um, you know, keep her land. And uh, it just reminds me of how um, all over this country and in so many ways, um, our rights and, and our property um, have been taken, like, and, um, you know, we fight to get them back, and then they find creative ways of, um, you know, uh, snatching, you know, some of that back, and it also makes me, go ahead. That's a, that's a great point you just made, and, and that's even, it's, it's happening right now. We don't have to go back into nostalgia to find it out. It's happening with black farmers. That was good. Um, Boy, with, you with, and I, man, we are always, so. that's exactly what I was bringing up next. Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> no, well, it's, it, it's something that's big to me because uh, farming is in my family. Um, and, and my family owned a lot of land in Louisiana and, you know, barely anything now. But farming has been a part of, of our, our culture. Um, the food that we make, we grew. Um, my grandma, my late grandmother, she grew her own zucchini, grew her own vegetables. She, she called them legumes. <laughs> I think that was so cute. She called them legumes. She, she's from Louisiana, little Creole girl. Um, legumes. That's awesome. Um, I, I'm her, eating all, squash all, from her, my her dad's garden as we speak. <laughs> squash, yes, 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 yes. Squash, uh, zucchini. She, she made zucchini bread. By the way, that zucchini bread is just bomb. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Um, but these are these are all good memories for me. Now I didn't know that the history goes back. Well, the farming is a big part of of what was a big part of African American culture because they couldn't go to a store and buy buy nothing. Nobody would sell them any food. So they, you know, black uh, folks needed to depend on themselves. A lot of other folks needed to too, but particularly black folks needed to farm their own food and buy from their own people. And like you know, they, that's how farmers markets started happening because they happened in the black community where black farmers would come to the city. And sell food to people that weren't able to go to the supermarket to shop. Um, yeah, that's how, I mean, if you think and about gumbo, and, right? You think yeah, about speaking the, of black farmers and and the farmers mart, uh, the little hometown that I grew up in um, uh, is the site of the world's 
oldest African-American agricultural fair. And this was like an annual event held around harvest time. And in part, you know, yes, it was a place to go and gather, commune, uh, have some entertainment, but it was also a time for those farmers to be able to um, sell um, their um, produce, you know, to one another, for them to support one another, you know, so... And so, and how we tie all this together when we talk about black farmers and the cases that were, were heard over the weekend, we bring it back into how the case was decided in a, in a you know, colorblind fashion with regard to equal protection. Well, you know, the, the black farmers can't even bring that, you know, they, they would be denied in the Supreme Court because even though they're really being discriminated against because they weren't given the same relief that the other farmers were, um, you know, the Supreme Court would say, well, you know, we, we can't just cut a segment out for you because that would be against the 14th amendment when it's actually not right it, it's it's the mistake of the court and, and of america to forget that the 14th amendment was made specifically for a certain group of people i mean we cannot escape we cannot just pretend that doesn't exist we can't like, like katanji brown said you can pretend to be colorblind in law but you can't pretend to be colorblind. I mean, it in real just life. isn't so. I mean, you know, because we we live with with these things, and as you said, you know, you can you can say it, but we know that life in life it is very different, you know. And and people um, who are black and brown and and of other demographics, they know it, you know. Absolutely. And I'll come back and talk about the Biden stuff. Let some other, uh, please let some other people speak and, and uh, just save some time. Um, can't wait to hear Tiff. I hope she comes up. Can't wait to hear Joseph and Allie. Keep on, keep on going, talking about Biden and, and Europe. I, I love to hear about that. And how they're, I heard, I heard he's very popular over there. Unbeknownst to Americans. And, right. And so is uh, the uh, vice president. Allie has come back up and I hope Tiff does too. I, I, I'm not sure if she's working or not, but I do, I do hope that she is able to come up and join us in conversation. You two down there, Black Stem, because she, she posed some great questions for you. And um, something that I um, wanted to kind of um, talk about, and Danny, I, I mentioned it earlier, and hopefully she will come in, but anyone else is free to speak to it. You know, the crazy story that, you know, Maureen Dowd, um, ran um, on President Biden, his grandchild. And then I don't know, even know who ran the crazy story on um, the sneaker thing and how uh, that like is even news. Like that's getting more attention than our president, you know, than the NATO summit. <laughs> and, and that's a shame. <laughs> so um, Allie is, um, oh, I think she's having connection problems because um, she's coming up and um, she's dropping. But um, Joseph is back up and um, you're free to comment on anything uh, that Mark has um, shared or anyone else for that matter or something new. Yeah. Uh, well, obviously, uh, I always love when when Mark presents because it's just a, a wealth of information about all the legal aspects of things that we're we're facing in this this country right now. Um, you know, so it's always always so wonderfully informative to to listen to what he has to to say. And yeah, uh, Mark, I am definitely keeping a close eye on any um, any cases related to uh, LG. 
LGBT rights in particular and how, you know, how we're moving forward after this horrible, um, horrible Supreme Court uh, decision. Um, yeah. Uh, Joseph, yes. let me make one point before you get into the meat. You're, you're, you're right. You hit the nail on the head, which I want people to really, really understand is that it's, we have to look at how, how these cases are coming down with LGBTQ and the language they're using is very important because it's language that's going to be used again and again and again. I cannot emphasize that enough, but we're seeing it over and over. So I, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, because um, go ahead, Joseph. Yes. Oh, no, I was just going to say just thank you, Mark, for for that. Um, I just real quick, Ms. D, to your point about, uh, you know, what the how some in the press were making a big deal about the president's uh, shoes. And I said, that is just absolutely ridiculous. All the more important things that they can be talking about, the fact that he is in Europe right now for an important NATO summit and that the fact that they want to talk about his shoes. I mean, it's just the, the, the media has become a joke. It has become an absolute joke. You know, they're not reporting on the important things that he's doing. They're not reporting on the important things that the vice president is is doing and you know they're doing a huge disservice to the public at large that say for example is not on social media um i'll give you a prime example my parents are not on social media um they are both in their 70s and a lot of times my mom will ask me about stuff about say for example what the vice president is doing because i fill her in on things that i learned you know here on the on the timeline with everybody and when she went to when she went to africa you know my mom my mom told me that she says you know i really wanted to find out about the vice president's trip she said but i hardly saw anything on the news about it like they watch like they watch msnbc a little bit i think they have fortunately stopped watching cnn um but we as we know like the 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 major networks like they don't you know they hardly talk anything about in depth about what the president and vice president are are doing um so and you know and that's going to be a big challenge for us going into into this next election cycle is because we have a huge chunk of our country that is grossly uninformed about what the president and vice president have accomplished and i think the more you know they they say you know the more you know and i think it this these people were better informed than you know i i i think really it it should be you know on paper it should be a landslide for the president and vice president to get reelected because of everything that they've accomplished but i think the media is deliberately withholding uh, this information you think uh, i mean i do feel like it it's the same battle that we have been um fighting for quite some time um, and they are showing that they have learned nothing and and in some ways maybe they they have learned they know so they're sticking with what they know because they um, I think some of them um, don't want the president to be reelected because you know many of the actual owners of these uh, media, uh, companies would be uh, in better positions um, with um, they think 
with uh, President Biden who wants to regulate and tax and do some things. But I don't think that they fully understand that the guy who, you know, uh, gave them such great tax breaks and everything. I mean, he has gone fully off. I mean, not that he wasn't always already crazy, but listen to him lately. I mean, he is talking total retribution. When this guy gets in office, I mean, toward the end, you know, he was getting rid of people. He was making positions temporary and changing staff or whatever. Do you not think uh, until he ended up with the very worst, do you not think at this time around, if that happened, he would not begin with the very worst, he would be shutting down media companies. He would getting be getting rid of departments um, that would be able to have any kind of checks and balances because they're saying the quiet parts out loud. Like last year, we talked about their behavior being very fascistic and nationalism and white supremacy. Now they're just saying they are saying what we they are admitting it. They are boasting about it, like Moms for Liberty. Uh, they are like kind of daring people to come after them because, you know, we have called them out for what they are. Um, and they are kind of like, you know, threatening folks like don't do this and uh, don't say this about us because they have a lot of powerful people with a lot of money behind them. So Dang it. Rick Scott is not yeah. even hiding it. It's literally Nazi propaganda. It's communists and socialists are not welcome in Florida. That's literally from the Nazi Joseph Goebbels playbook. That, I mean, you can actually find parallels between the messaging on the early rise of the Nazis, so, which actually I, I, I take it, I've taken an interest in that and I started like looking at more documentaries and reading more. The Republican Party is really echoing they are, the messaging that's coming from the They the are so similar. They're not even hiding it. And I'm glad that you said that, Marcus. I hope that other people start to do it too, because, you know, I know that um, when I talked about it, like over a year ago, I seemed like, you know, I was just being, you know, like um, extreme and, um, but I wasn't. Sometimes I wondered myself, you know, but then I wrote, no, no, you know what you're talking about. You, you saw this. I lived in um, Germany, for 10 years. I have German friends. I, they have told me family stories. I worked with a gentleman whose family, uh, because I was over, I was in Germany um, before the wall came down. I visited um, East Berlin when it was still a communist country. I was there when the wall came down. I worked with a gentleman who had to have special time, special permissions to go visit his family in East Berlin and, and things that he would take for them. They were basic kinds of things that weren't available to them. And these people who are wishing and trying to welcome authoritarianism are out of their freaking mind because like they may think that it's going to be good for them uh, because they're telling them that it's going to be. But again, I refer you to the poem or the quote from Martin Niemöller. Everybody thinks they're going to be safe in the beginning until they're not. So again, it's why we talk about standing up and speaking up for everyone's rights, because the moment that you don't um, and you allow other people's rights to be taken away, eventually they get to you. 
So, and with that, um, I'm going to step off my soapbox and I see uh, our lovely Tiff uh, has joined us and I can't wait to hear from Candidly Tiff. So how are you today? Oh, I'm chilling. <laughs> okay. I have nothing political to talk about today. That's fine. So I told sick. Soul Sister, like, this was going to be, like, kind of whatever, just, you know, good conversation, because I know that we have enough voices in here to do that. And I think that it's it's beneficial, um, you know, and helpful at times. So whatever you want to uh, discuss, my dear, uh, we're open. Uh yeah, I mean, I, I'm just still laughing at, I'm just laughing at Elmo because obviously I can't say his name because he probably shut down. Yes, yes, please be protective of our of, of, uh-huh. our opportunity to have voice and conversation oh here. <laughs> I'm just laughing, laughing at that fool. Was um, that not the most I'm... ridiculous? I mean, like childish. I mean, just. I mean, the man is seriously tri- childish. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about the fact that he is childish. So it's not a surprise in any way, shape, or form how he acts. We've we've known this for what, I don't know, months now that he is this is the way he is. And so he he's using this platform as his like way to communicate with people. Cause if you look at I I I, I don't I don't follow him. I don't pay him any mind. I can't stand him. Um but I have been 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 catching all the tea by going to his account to look at his responses he does not tweet stuff but he does respond to people and it's like the weirdest accounts that he responds to and so that's where all of the craziness has been coming from of him responding to people you know he wants to get a tape measure he wants to do this it's like it's like so absurd at this point and like i said it's extremely childish but this is what happens when you're uh you know a white male with a ton of money and don't know what the hell to do with it he could literally be saving the world like bill gates or someone yeah, else yeah and and you like know. your rights um you know, when you you don't have to worry about your rights being taken away um you know yeah. you, you what can does be he have, what does he really i mean he has to worry about his, he has like 10 kids i mean he has like a whole lot going on so he he needs to go focus on that um, it actually is kind of funny because I thought it was hilarious that we are now seeing, and I don't even know if it's really Zuckerberg's like actual, like he's actually the one like threading, but it is kind of funny to see, to see him actually interact with people. And cause I always think of him as like a, a, a cyborg, like, he's, yeah, like, just kind of just watch and, and, and every yeah, now and, and then he, he speaks. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm like, oh, this dude might actually have like a personality. Like, where where did this come from? Like, I don't even know who this guy is. I mean, listen, he's not, but he's not, he's not one of my favorite people in the world. I don't even really like him. But I will say that you know, I never left Facebook. I was just, I just always kept it because of my family. Like, they still, all my older family, you know, they love Facebook. They still post there. My grandmother posts there my aunts, my cousins. So, you know, that's a personal, that's a p- place that is personal to me with only, you know, a, a select few of people that I have allowed into that, into that and realm that's of me. Facebook. And I'm not even active there. I just keep it open. And- yeah, I go, mm-hmm. yeah, I go once in a blue moon. Like if I get a notification, like this morning, I got a notification that my grandmother posted and usually she's, o- she's on there cursing out Trump like that is literally what I she love she your grandmother posts, she curses out DeSantis like she posts articles and she just so basically the way we're using Twitter she uses it she uses Facebook like that where she where she posts articles and then she tells people she talks to herself and she tells she tells DeSantis and Abbott she just gives them a piece off. of her mind huh 
I yeah. love and it. And my grandma, okay. And my grandmother is not a great writer. She, I mean, she literally has an eighth grade education. So she, she, does she also, she's like, it's like all like the wording is all jacked up, but you can make out what she's saying. And she's like, but- F this person <laughs> and that person. And I'm just like, okay, grandma, now I see where I get it from because that's what she does. Um, but yeah, the rest of my family just posts pictures and things like that. And then the same with Instagram, you know, I have my own, I have a personal Instagram that I use just for my family. Then of course I have my, my political um, Instagram that I had, which is connected to my threads. So that's what I'm using to be able to communicate. And honestly, it's been nice, nice over there. It's been kind of calm and quiet. I don't know how long it's going to last, but it, it has been refreshing to not have to deal with kind of the chaos that occurs on this app. We have become so used to arguing with people. That's- and having dialogue that requires like a true like argumentative back and forth that it's kind of I think just in in retrospect just thinking about all the time that we've spent on this app and I have spent pretty much every day for the last four we'll see four years on this app arguing with people and when I think about it, you know, this last weekend, I'm like, what, what was the point? Like, I, like, I get it. Like, I mean, I'm proud of the work that we've done, you know, start fundraise, help candidates, obviously defend VP, um, talk about the Biden administration's work, judges, all kinds of stuff. Like there's, there are positives, but I am done with arguing with people. Like I have the, had the energy that it requires. And, and what I, I'm glad that you said that Tiff, because I'm on some other apps and stuff and those of you who know me know where I am Uh, but it is nice to be able to conversate with people and not have to have an argument and fight back and forth I mean even if you don't agree like I was actually in a space with some people some libertarians some people who didn't know what the heck they were talking about politically and we were disagreeing but we weren't you know calling each other names we you know we we just had healthy conversation and I miss that. And being on this app a lot, it almost made you think that you can't have those conversations aren't possible, but they are. <laughs> yeah, no, most definitely they are possible. And it just, it, it's like I said, we're always on, we're always on 10. Somebody tried to come to me yesterday and you know what I did? I just blocked them. I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to argue with you. Like you can just, you can just argue with yourself because I really don't care what you're thinking or what you're saying at this point. So you can just be mad. So, yeah, I mean, it's we we sometimes we just get so caught up in what we are into that we never really think. Of, I'm, not, I'm on Instagram. I've been on Instagram free and TikTok, too. Right. TikTok. I have a different have a different approach. Right. It's a different kind of app. Yeah, I will. I will post. I will post stuff on TikTok and I do not care about it. I just post it and run like I will post it today. And like I posted on Friday and I haven't been back to TikTok since. I'll just post and then let the people in, let the people argue in the comments. Like and literally they, oh, that's they just argue in the comments and back and forth. <laughs> and you know, sometimes I'll go back and I'll like, you know, if there's good comments in there, like a week later I'll go and post. One time I posted a video and I didn't even know it went viral. Like I didn't e- I, I don't have notifications set up. I don't even care about it. And I don't really go in there to scroll. Like IG, I'll probably go in there like once my, on my political account. I'll go in there like once a day and look through the reels and, you know, spend 20 minutes looking at dogs and 
um, you know, people doing nails or whatever the right, hell it because is that we're I multi- enjoy. We're, we are multidimensional people. And sometimes we just kind of like, it's like a scratched record over here. So, you know, we just... Yeah, it most definitely is, and and it's 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 draining, right? It is draining to your to your energy, and it's draining to your soul to have to to have to repeat the same things over and over again. And and, and so, likely, you know, you know and, what I've come to realize, Tiff, and I'm sorry for interrupting that. No, okay, um, and because okay. I just I I like um, this kind of back and forth with us, um, you know, oftentimes. And if anyone else wants to come up and join us in the conversation, uh, that's kind of how I'm feeling today. Um, just just let us just have some conversation. Um, but you know what I am finding is like you spend all this time going back with people, and and, and no one's mind is changed. You know. Right. Exactly. It's like how many how many people's minds that I really change over? I can change people's mind in a positive way. So if you're willing to listen, like like with Westmore, like a lot of people didn't know who Westmore was when he first came on the scene. You know, I had conversations with people like, yeah, I think this guy is the real deal. I really believe that he's going to be a great candidate. You know, I met him. And was telling folks about him. So in that way, I can see where you can. And I think we talked about this on your podcast too, right? Where you can make a difference on this app in terms of advocacy for uh, for people. But when you have the negative people who don't who who you're trying to argue down, I don't really think you're making a difference with those people because they're pretty much ignorant and they don't really care about you know trying to get to. Now there are people you can have a conversation with. And you can kind of you make your point, they make their point, and you kind of agree to disagree. Agree to disagree, exactly. You agree to disagree, and you walk away, and you keep it moving. We're not always going to agree on everything, but the people that we spend so much time trying to argue with, they're never going to change their mind, never, ever, ever. And it's such a waste of time, in my opinion, to have those conversations. I would much prefer to do advocacy in a way where you're trying to convince people who have an open mind. You're not going to convince some hotep or some bigot that, you know, that, that gay people are, you know, are great people They're They already have their mind made up the same with the transphobes, the same with the misogynists. These people have their mind made up about how they feel and that's why they're bigots they, they're not going to change their mind they their opinion has already been formed based on some bias and it's like okay just leave me alone i don't feel like arguing with you about any of this stuff anymore so i think i think the threads experience is giving me a different perspective on how i want to approach twitter and how much time i have spent on twitter because i was looking at my screen time I'm spending, I was spending like 13 hours a day right. on Twitter. I, like, like that's not product. That's not a productive thing, especially if 10 of those hours are spent arguing with people. I mean, of course, I love all the people that I've met on this app. I mean, there's so many people that I have met through this app that I absolutely adore and have become some of my best friends as a result. And so for that, I will, I love, I love that aspect of Twitter, Same. but I feel like, mm-hmm. okay, is this really, is this really productive in, in, in our lives? And of course, spaces, you know, spaces has its good, it has its bad. Yours is always phenomenal with, and like Mark said, we always get good information, but if we're arguing on spaces, what does that really accomplish? It doesn't accomplish anything. 
So I think we just need to, we need, need to like take a step back and figure out like, what do, how do, how do we approach 2024? So let's talk about politics in that way. Um, how do we approach 2024 to really make a difference? Because arguing with people isn't really going to make a difference. That's not going to change someone's mind. If you are anti-Biden, you are going to stay anti-Biden. And me telling you, if you're anti-Kamala and you believe that she's a cop and she put all these people away and, you know, she... All, the, the lies. It's just lies And all they do lies. is look for more evidence to um, support their belief. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's the conspiracy theories will continue. And so the, the goal, and we've talked about this many times, is how do we bring more people into the fold to be able to con- not convince them, but make them see that Biden and, her- and maybe the people that are just apathetic. Like there's a lot of people, what I've noticed on threads is there's a lot of people who are not there to talk about politics. Right. But it doesn't, me- but it doesn't mean that when you are, when you are putting things out there, like even on my IG, there's people that don't, that follow me, but don't necessarily, especially on my personal account that don't necessarily care about politics. But there are times when I post stuff that is about politics that they're like, oh, this is cool. Like, that's awesome. Like they have they will have commentary. And so while people may not be 100 percent into politics like we are, we are actual. Exactly. Companies. And there, there are, are very people, few. There us. are people that are still. Yeah, there are people who still are who still understand the importance of voting, but may not be getting that information from, you know, from the right sources or may not be just watching the news or paying attention to the news to understand what's going on. So I think, yeah. I think, I think we have a, we have, we have to figure out a way to be able to, to, to talk to people in a different way. And maybe that's what threads is going to be for. It's not necessarily to, to, to argue or to fight. It's more so a way to just communicate about politics, but not necessarily be like super aggressive right. with it. Because we are very yes, impressed with and, it. That's, that's and, perfect. And I, I am so Go glad. Ahead. Yes, and I'm going to give you an opportunity. And I, I love this conversation, Tiff, and, and, and that realization that you have come to. Because that's where I am. Um, but Twitter was kind of designed that way. And Elon wants to... Uh, well, I, I won't say that it was designed that way, but it became that way. Uh, and when it was starting to be cleaned up, in a sense, you know, he took over because I think that he could see... Um, you know, um, how effective we were being and that we could be. So he, it, you know, tried to disrupt that. And the way to disrupt that is all with the crazy, the extremists and, and have us spending our energy there and uh, really um, not focusing on the issues and things that are really, really important where we can make a difference and where we can actually know about what's going on. Because if you're busy fighting and you can put so much energy into it and you know things are happening like people may not be aware of deadlines uh, to vote or that certain amendments and things are on their ballot um, and they, but they know about the fight, uh, you know, Elon uh, talking about measuring, you know, his parts and, and all, because that's what's trending. So I, I love the idea of rethinking our engagement and every platform I think is going to have a, a little different flavor um, on them. And I think that's good. Um, but that, and I feel like wherever we are, those of us who are, um, like political junkies who are uh, warriors for democracy, who understand what's at stake, we are going to 
gravitate and find one another. And our voices will build and come together wherever we are. I, I just believe that. Um, so go ahead, Tiff. I'm sorry. And um, then after you, Joseph, you just brought up so many yeah, wonderful yeah. things. <laughs> I want to hear what Soul Sister had to say. Yes, I'm sorry. Oh, oh no, that's fine. I I I was just going to amen on both of on, on what you both said, uh, and it has been something that's really been weighing on me. Um, and I've had some conversations with close friends about this um, lately as well. Um, and it. I realized uh, that I am not the person to uh, be able to to carry on a, a long argument with people, um, and I appreciate those who can, but uh, that's just not where I am in it. So you know, I I believe that there's enough, there are enough people who can, and and maybe they don't change somebody's mind, but maybe they change somebody else's mind who is watching that thread. That's just not who. That's not where I am, and that's not how, how I feel. So I agree with you, Tiff. It, it, it what I'm most concerned about is reaching um, those who have voter apathy, those who continue to sit out because they don't think it's going to make a difference, and um, they don't think it matters, and they think those are the ones that I want to figure out how we reach and how we get them to engage. And so I'm glad to hear um, that I'm not the only one that's feeling like this lately, you know, within our community, because it, it, with enough battles going on uh, legislatively and through SCOTUS, it just feels um, like an uphill battle. So, you know, you're trying to search, or I, at least I am trying to search for a way that I can, feel like I'm truly making a difference um, and not having the um, a, a campaign or, um, you know, an election happening right at this moment, you, you know, you're kind of floundering and wondering how you can make a difference during this lag time. And I agree. I think it's the, it, it's understanding and realizing how you can really make a difference in in a different way because you know when you're arguing and when you're um just doing that back and forth it's not even that you're uh might not be making a difference is that you're neglecting uh the opportunity to strategize about other real tangible and i hate that word but you know tangible ways where you can uh, truly increase our presence at the the at the voting booth, and 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 that's where I think we need to be expending most of our energy. So, I, if that's what it took, if if it took these other opportunities um, to bring that type of awareness, then you know I'm I'm really happy about that. So, I look forward to um, seeing what we can do and where we end up at the, at the, at the end of this after the 2024 election. So I, I that's all I wanted okay. to say. Okay. Um, I agree. And, um, we have Joseph and Allie with, uh, their hand up. Um, and I'm going to, uh, go in that order. Uh, I know Allie is having some connectivity issues. I hope, um, she's able to, uh, remain stable. And if, uh, not, you know, just, just go out, come back, 
and um, we'll keep attempting to bring you up, but I am loving um, the conversation that we're having today and think um, it's, you know, it's important and uh, I want to keep it going. So Joseph and then um, Allie. Thanks, Ms. D. Um, The reason I came back up because both you and Tiff brought up some good points about, you know, the different different platforms and how we want to reach people and things like that. Um, Like you, I am maybe a little bit reluctant to sign up for threads because I'm not that crazy about Zuck myself. Um, My Facebook is pretty much a ghost town these days. And then I'm on IG, but I had to turn my account private because I was just getting spammed right and left. And so it's like, when I first signed up for IG during my um, uh, unplanned absence from this uh, site last year, um, I just, it really limited me because, you know, I, I couldn't reach as many people as I wanted to on, on this site. And I signed up for a couple of other ones in the interim, but it's just, it just wasn't the, the same. Um I don't even have people that have like come into my mentions that I can even have like a, a constructive uh, discussion with. I mean, there is so many times, especially when it has come to LGBT rights, people have just come into my mentions with extremely just like bad faith arguments, or they want to come in with the slurs. I mean, if you come at me with, with a bad faith argument, um, I'm just not even going to attempt it. I'm just going to, block uh because that's i'm not just gonna i'm not gonna waste my art time arguing with people who you know like tiff said we're not going to be able to change their minds anyway so um i i've been i was told last year that you know by some of my people that follow me locally that i was making an impact on you know on some of our local local politics and like my view is like i just tweet and let the chips fall where they may and you know hopefully i you know of course as you know my local politics are very important to me so hopefully i'm reaching somebody out there that you know that i haven't seen before or whatever that you know they're that's why i try to use the hashtags for the congressional district so hopefully somebody will will see something related to their district and it'll get them it will will get them them thinking but you know to both your points uh yes this this site can be um exhausting sometimes i mean they're uh you know kind of like what you've said there sometimes i look at how much time i spend on here and you know not all of it is is constructive and so i've you know have kind of retold uh uh i i not i'm sorry not retold retooled uh you know, my approach. And, you know, sometimes I do want to post something that's, you know, a little bit more lighthearted, a little bit random, but it just seems like with everything that's going on these days, it feels like political news dominates it. And then I feel like I, I kind of feel like I have an obligation to uh, inform, but also, you know, I, I, I do enjoy posting more lighthearted things. Like, for example, when I was on vacation last month, just different things about a about my vacation or just random food stuff and because i i want to show that i'm more 
you know, that I'm not just one dimensional, just about. And about I politics. think that I think that you should. And um, I have tried to do that. That's one of the reasons why uh, I post my good morning nature pick. And um, I am going to be posting, you know, some other um, things, too, because I think um, that humanizes us. Um, and, um, you know, we can be our, our we can bring our authentic selves to our Twitter timeline. We can still address political issues and still be who we are. And I actually think that we may have more of an impact when people see those other aspects of us. That's just my personal opinion because I'm able to have conversations about politics with people who I don't agree with, one, by connecting with them in the areas that we have commonality. And some of it is geeky, techy stuff. And then inevitably, they know I'm a political junkie. They will ask me a political question. And then we get into a political conversation. But we still have respect for one another. And sometimes, you know, they are actually, their minds are changed because they have been informed. They were unaware. So I think, um, you know, what Tip was saying, too, it's about kind of meeting people where they are. I know that often Tip post um, like positivity quotes. I love those. I used to do a lot of those. And again, like I said, I think we lose nothing by being our authentic selves. And so um, I would encourage you to do that because I love, I loved your food picks and I'm a bit of a foodie too, you know? <laughs> and so, and I like bath products and, and homemade things, art. And I know Allie is into art. So I say we bring all of ourselves to our timeline. So Anyway, I'm going to let you finish and then Allie and then back to Tiff. Well, that was going to say, you know, you, 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 you tied it up really, really well. I know I just, you know, again, just wanted to say that, you know, both you and Tiff brought up some, some really great points. And so it just got me, it got me thinking about that, but you're right. You just, you know, I, I want to bring my, you know, I, what I've, have tried to convey to all of my followers is that basically what you see is what you get with me. Um, as we know, there are some large accounts, very large accounts on this timeline that, you know, they aren't as authentic. I, I, I see so many, and I'm sure we all have seen some of these accounts where people are just like fishing for engagement and that's not me. I, you know, I'm all about, like I said, I w will tweet and just let the chips fall where they may. You know, I'm going to say my piece and just just let it go from from there. I have had some tweets go viral that I didn't expect go viral. And then there's other tweets that I had hoped would get a lot of exposure that didn't. But, you know, that's just the randomness of, of this site. But, you know. Like, like I said, I, gi I give you my word that with me, what you see is what you get. So I will uh, land my plane there. Thank you so much, Joseph. You're next, Allie. And then Tip. Yeah, yeah Tip, did you want to respond to what you guys were talking about? Because I just wanted to bring it back a little bit to some of the international coverage. Yeah. Did you want to go ahead? Go no, ahead, ahead. I'll come after you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say to Joseph, I, I understand their reluctance to want to join threads. And trust me, I can't stand Mark Zuckerberg. And I I will say, though, being on IG, I really never had an issue. So I'm sad that, that you actually were spammed on there because I've never had anyone 
even I mean sometimes I would see random posts or whatever but for the most part I will say the thing that I think that I really liked about threads even just from I mean it's not perfect there's 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 things that need to be improved like seriously need to be improved like a proper timeline um you know a better fo- a better way to follow people um but what I have enjoyed is that like you said people are posting just random they feel comfortable enough to just post random things right without without people judging them. Um, so like for instance, David Bagnard, though, the guy who is, who, 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 who was, he became famous CBS reporter. He posted, he posted pictures of his family yesterday. I would have never seen that on, on Twitter. His brother got married and he posted pictures of that. I thought it was beautiful. Um, so he felt comfortable enough to post that. I see other people posting food. I see people talking about, you know, TV. Um, it's not all about politics. And I think that's the kind of environment that they wanted to create where it's, and, and there's also people posting, you know, the reporters are on there. So they're posting news. Um, they're posting, you know, p- political stuff. People are posting about politics. The funny thing is that most people, when it came to like people like the GOP, people just block them. Like they don't even want the energy anywhere near them. Or they have, or they're, they're just, even the leftists, they're just blocking them. Like, I still need to turn a block. Like, you, like, I think it's a way to kind of start brand To new reset. We, <laughs> yeah, to reset and start brand new. Because I'm not dealing with those people. I saw Bree Bree Joy Joy block. Um, you know, there's all of those people that get on my last nerve. Some of them I don't even have blocked on here that I just block. Because I'm like, I never want to see your faces ever again. Like y'all, y'all have tortured and drove us crazy for the last four years. No, thank you. So I think it's a way to curate and cultivate the environment that you want to create there. Um, and you can, and, and be able to post whatever it is that you want to post. I post my quotes, I post pictures, I post whatever in the last five days. Um, people have been, you know, just commenting, liking, not saying anything, but I, I always felt with this app because of like so many things that have happened, whether I've been doxxed or people just harassing me or even people that I block still looking at my account and judging what it is that I'm saying, you know, calling me a cloud chaser, all this kind of stuff. Listen, I could care less about this account. Like I, I, I appreciate all the, you know, people that follow me. I appreciate, you know, the, 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 like I said, the good work that we have done, but it's nice to only have, but so many followers over there where people are not like just judging you constantly. And that drives me crazy about Twitter. Like every little thing you're being judged upon because people are freaking haters. It is really frustrating. So it is nice to have an environment. It doesn't mean that that probably that may happen eventually at some point, but everyone that I've encountered over there, either whether they're from Twitter, there were people I just followed on Instagram. Everyone is in a good mood and everyone is having a good time and happy to be there. Right. If you made, you made the choice to come there, you didn't have to come there. You made the choice to create an account to come there. So if you're coming there with bad energy, then you're just going to get blocked. Like that is just plain and simple. Like some guy, he tried, he tried, he tried to go off on me yesterday about the Clarence Thomas. And I'm like, dude, I don't even disagree with you. You, you, you he, he's obviously someone that was from Twitter, but you're, you're like ready to go off. It's like, calm down, to... dude. It's like, <laughs> yeah, he was mad because Joy Reid said that Clarence Thomas was the black Judas. And he's like, well, technically he's not even Judas. And he goes off on this whole three, like three. And I'm like, Dude, I'm not even trying to argue with you about this. All I said was the name was, it was a cute, it was a nice name to give him that's not calling him the devil because Lord knows I want to call him that all the time. So, okay, we'll go with Black Judas. 
And he's like, well, he didn't really. I'm like, chill. It's going to be okay. Like I said, we're always on 10 and trying to argue our point rather than just having the conversation, just saying like, listen, I don't agree with you. I think he is this, this, and this because of this. And that's all it took. And once I told them I'm not in argue, I'm not arguing with you. I haven't heard from them again. So I just, I just feel like people are just gonna, they got to find their way on there. But for the most part, um, in the five days that I've been on there, people have been really nice. Um, everyone has been complimentary. Um, and like I said, it doesn't mean it's gonna always stay like that. But it's, it's mostly us laughing at other people like Elon Musk, which was well, pretty funny. That's awesome but, to hear. Yeah, I mean, Joseph, I, I definitely think you should join. I think you would like the vibe over there. I have seen no homophobia. I have seen no misogyny. I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. Like, this is great. I don't have to. I don't have mm. to. See well, you're, ma- you're making it enticing, day. Tiff, and I will I will consider it. Um, but um, I appreciate that. You, yeah, no, I, I listen. I don't want. I'm tired of bigots. Like, I'm so tired of them. I really, really am. I'm so tired of dealing with them on this app. And it's literally a free for all on this app, right? I mean, you do you not think that that is exactly what it was he intended? I mean, that's what they want here. They want because for them, the the fighting, the arguing back and forth, that helps the algorithm. That's what he wants, and yeah. it's like. It's absolutely what he wants. It's always what he wanted. He wanted it to be an argument. He wanted it to be a fight. He lives for the cage match. I mean, he literally asked um, Zuckerberg. I mean, exactly. So this is this is the kind of environment that he wants, right? And so did so did the GOP. Like they came over there looking for a fight, and no one gave it to them. People just straight up blocked them. Like, nah, we're not arguing with you. Stay your go back to truth to untruth social. And go argue with yourself because no one is here to argue with you about stupidity and we don't care what you think. Like all, even journalists that even people that have big accounts on here are like, listen, like, um, Brian Tyler, whatever, Cohen or whatever his name is. He's like, listen, just block these people. Do not give them any engagement. It's a waste of time. So I feel like people are learned, have learned some lessons from Twitter that they are now bringing into that app to make sure that it does not turn into a, a cesspool. And the good thing is people that are blue checks are actually blue checks over there and you're not getting like a, a whole bunch of bots. Anyways, that's my that's my spiel for the day. Um, you guys can do whatever you want. If you want to join, join. If you, if you do want to join, my name and you want to find me, my name is Candily underscore Tiff on that website. And I will more than, I will be happy just, you know, let me know who you are because it's hard to tell who's following you and just comments in the in there. And I, I have been happy to see many of the wonderful faces that are actually in this app right now um, listening and, you know, and, to, and on the space over there interacting and having a good time. So it's nice to see people, like you said, showing their authentic mm-hmm. self and not feeling like scared to post about something that's not necessarily political. Not everybody wants to share their live, but like I said, nature pictures, just talk about shows. We are not one dimensional freaking people. We have other likes other than politics and we need to remember that. Thank you so much. Well said. Um, Allie, you're up next. Yeah, thanks so much. Um, I have not gone over yet, but um, I've been thinking about it, but it's it's really interesting to hear you guys' take on it. So thanks so much for that. I just uh, real quickly wanted to point out just 
uh, just a real quick thing, if you guys want to observe, I put up the New York Times article about NATO um, on purpose because it's all talking about how kind of weak Biden is. And then when you move along to like the French and the European coverage of the summit, and even a place like Politico, who's covering what's happening with um, with renewable energy and different energy sources, what are they talking about? They're talking about the balance of power with NATO and that the Soviet Union is falling apart, it, that the Russians are falling apart and what will happen and how is the Turkish government trying to position itself in terms of trying to keep Sweden out of NATO. That's what they're talking about, the balance of power in the world. They could care less. There's no comments whatsoever on anyone's shoes. Or, anyone's <laughs> or whether they wardrobe. have socks on with no. their shoes. <laughs> no, no, nobody wears socks with their shoes here. That's seen as cool. So anyway, <laughs> so anyway, it's but, you know, if you just kind of look at that in the very last one I put up there, Biden's hydrogen bombshell leaves Europe in the dust. That is actually a really funny story because the Biden administration has come over to NATO. They won a huge contract from the Norwegian government. Now, if there is a government that is into renewable energy, it's Norway. Norway and Sweden have the system where they, they push up hot water from the geysers that are underneath their cities to help heat the cities. It's it's amazing how, how forward-thinking and, they are. And, and even the during Alley, you know what? I just saw a documentary. Yeah. Um, it's like Drain the Ocean. And they had a um, discovery um, up there. I can't remember uh, which body of water where they talked about um, like Hitler had tried to take the water, the heavy waters from there to build, um, you know, a... Um, a bomb and you know he was unsuccessful but you know you're right they they have been far advanced for a very long time uh, utilizing their resources right. Mm -hmm. right so when you look at that nordic block that's right on the edge there above ukraine and that's right there on the edge with ukraine and then poland sharing that border with with russia um they are actually giving a huge contract to the United States on on renewable energy using hydrogen. It could have gone to any European country. It could have gone to any other Nordic country. No, they gave it to the United States. It got the best bid. That is awesome. I'm so glad you posted that. Look, <laughs> look at what this administration is really doing out on the world stage and what it's really doing internally in terms of what have been quite successful moves economically. Although Everyone is aware economics are, are, are fragile at this point on a world level because a lot of stuff is unstable. However, there's this widespread acknowledgement that this administration has made some genius moves and has done it quietly, actually doing what you call governance instead of entertainment. Governance. Democ diplomacy, you know, it, it, it trying like, like to a stabilize lost the art, world. I mean. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, um, anyway, it's it's very interesting because the when you look at something like Turkey, um, and as you guys may have seen on the news, uh, Paris exploded again last weekend because of another racially <clears throat> charged um, police shooting, and um, you know, it exposes again the 
the racist issues that occur within these societies in terms of immigration and different things. But Erdogan, uh, Turkey is, for example, a member of the OECD. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but it's the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. Um, it is together with the other big powers that were the allies after World War II that rebuilt the um, Eastern European economies. And they were admitted as a member, as well as Mexico and Israel and Chile and some other countries that weren't allies at the time of the Second World War. But it was actually something that was set up by the Kennedy administration and after the Marshall Plan. So the rebuilding economically of Europe. There was a point about 10 years ago when before Erdogan got elected, that Turkey was very much going towards Europe. Right. They they were now he, um, really going in a great direction. And uh, right. that's what um, right. letting dictators uh, take power can do to you. Right. And internally, the debate within, within Tur- Turkey is quite interesting because Turkey is right at the crossroads between Asia and Europe. It is the, you know, Constantinople, the... Istanbul is the gateway between Asia and Europe and has been the center point of world history in many different points in time. So um, that is what the rest of the world is paying attention to right now. They are not paying attention to anything that you hear in these these bizarre, bizarre questions that I hear sometimes in the in the um, news briefings with uh, with. Um, um, Karine Jean-Pierre. It, it's just amazing to me. It's really something. So just to re- just to let you guys know, other people are actually paying attention to bigger issues and are reassured. They're really reassured. Thank so, you, Alan. Um, it's not. <laughs> and, and we need to, you know, kind of continue to amplify um, these things and to, you know, it's important. We talk about what's going on here domestically uh, because it is our democracy as it's at stake, but um, we also need to uh, widen our lens to understand that things that are going on from a wider, you know, geopolitical perspective has um, a direct impact on um, how stable our democracy is as well. So thank you so much for that. Um, You guys don't go anywhere. The conversation is great. I have two more people who um, have joined us and I I asked Danny to join to speak to something um, and Mickey has come up as well. So I'm going to go with Mickey and then uh, Danny and so glad you guys have joined us today. And I'm hoping that um, maybe Dr. Marshall at some point will join in the conversation because um, just to remind you guys, I did a great interview with um, um, an elder in our community, uh, Doc, uh, Mama Donna's mother, uh, Miss Francis. You must listen to it. And um, it is a wonderful conversation. It kind of addresses um, just from a personal perspective uh, and also a historical perspective. Um, what black women, um, therefore black people have um, had to endure um, some of the rights that we got, um, what that looked like in uh, the personal lives of people and um, the potential for it to change um, what our life looks like with some of the recent uh, rulings from the Supreme Court. So great conversation. Please listen, share and amplify as well as this space. Uh, Thank you for being here. So Mickey, giving it to you and then Danny.
Hi, everyone. Good morning or good afternoon, as the case may be. Um, just wanted to uh, uh, just follow up on the post about um, we mentioned uh, geothermal energy, and I just posted something because it is something that we do use here in the U.S., just not a lot of. So um, I just posted a little something on uh, from the EPA because it is, you know, an option for those of you who have, you know, homes and um, are, may want to consider, you know, more sustainable options. I think it's actually, you know, they say back east that actually works fairly well. It's, it's just not, you know, well known and widely known here. Oh, well, thank you so much. I love learning about uh, sustainable innovations and, and lifestyle. So thank you so much. At one point um, in my um, kind of Twitter uh, timeline, that was mostly what I was promoting. And um, then 2016 happened, <laughs> you, know, you know, because this is, you know, uh, Al Gore's home. Um, he is a, um, a beloved um person here and he is actually my um ancestors um are from his home town um so uh he's a smart man he's you know brought some of his his thoughts uh, and innovations and ideas to uh, farming and you know i've told many people that you know my dad is a farmer he doesn't do it for a living he does it now just you know to eat and I think it keeps him healthy and sane because he's 83 but you know to look at him you would not know it he he's very active and um so anyway Mickey I am so glad that you shared that was there anything else that you wanted to share with us no just in terms of you know sustainability I think a lot of times we let certain groups kind of run with that you know the earthy crunchy hippie dippy you know progressives etc again Come as if you know the democratic party at large is not progressive or cares about climate change you know um so <laughs> well i i was just gonna say that a lot of that technology and, and practices they're indigenous to all kinds of groups and people around the world we've been using them for ever and we just kind of have to um you know we'll say rich you know go back and retrieve um the lessons of our ancestors and those ancient ways you know when we look at passive heating and cooling and channeling what mother nature has you know provided to us absolutely so. i love that so thank you again um so very much and <laughs> Um, I think that uh, considering the past two weeks that we have had uh, and experiences and that we've reached um, the high, hottest temperatures um, on record um, in many places around the United States and around the world, uh, the um, climate crisis uh, is here. It can no longer be denied. And as always, I'm going to remind people that um, the people preventing the, um, you know, advances in this innovation um, and, and the climate issues from being addressed have often and are still often being fueled by dark money. Like there are organizations who fund uh, anti-science 
people, organizations, and initiatives. And that is why we have been unable to address them again, you know, even whole entire elections stolen um, from it. And, you know, let's I'm, remind folks that President Jimmy Carter, and thank God he is still with us, but he installed a soul panel on the White House, okay? And his predecessor removed it. So again, Democrats have been progressive for forever. That is who we are um, at our core and our nature. So um, yeah, it's kind of like everything else. Um, patriotism, Christianity, uh, we own those things. And um, it, the yeah. media and, you know, some extreme groups um, like to kind of, you know, wrap themselves up in the symbolism of these things without embracing the true term terminology and the meaning behind them. And I say, take them back because I mean, you know, like we, they've never left us, but you know, take that narrative back because you know, the people in this space I know are true um, um, patriots, so to speak, you love your country, you, you know, this democracy, you understand um, uh, many are Christians or practice other faiths, but we know that the people who shout the loudest about these things um, often um, uh, practice it the least in their real lives or really care um, because I think a lot of people have learned uh, to take uh, politics and um, some other kind of hot button issues like climate change and things. And they found a way to grift, you know, from it, from the argument um, without actually, you know, giving any real redress or, you know, um, reform to it. So thanks again, Mickey, appreciate it. Uh, if you have anything else, you can um, uh, finish up and then Danny oh. and then Lions. Just one okay. last thing, I will just post something in the nest if you want to it was something i listened to this weekend you know uh prime minister mia motley from barbados she's been really on this issue of climate change particularly as it relates to um the caribbean and and other quote-unquote newer nations you know the ones that are you know be, got their independence um, you know, in the last 50, 60 years due to colonialism. So um, take a listen. It's inspiring. It, it, she just speaks with such clarity that, you know, it'll just make you whatever you want to do today. It'll give you that energy. So that's Thank it. Thank you Bye. so much. I love it. Um, I look forward to, um, you know, uh, learning more about uh, her and, and listening to that. So Danny, you're up next. And then, well, Danny, if you would not mind, do you have a little time? I'd like to let Lance then go. Cause I know I asked you to speak to, you know, a, a few things. And so you may, um, sure. Lion, sure. how are you? <laughs> Queen Hi. <B. laughs> Hello everyone. Good afternoon. I'm sorry for my absence for the cat past couple of weeks, but I had a family emergency, but by God's grace, everything is on track. I was sick last week, and I lost my voice. So again, I was not my best. So I would like to tell everyone in this room and or who will listen 
thank you for your patience. Everyone in this room will be a part of his story. Regardless of what person say, we all bring something different and unique to this group. Finding out about Scotus's ruling last week or the the week per, prior, I was not surprised. I was not hurt. I was just annoyed. Annoyed at the the fact that Clarence Thomas, who could not even speak proper English, got help along the way, had the audacity, the disregard of generations before him and present and future and said, F all of us. F all of us. I want persons to understand that everything that we do now up to 2024 in November is critical. That's why when Threads came on, my mom told me, she says, said, V, it's best that you try Threads. At first, I was nervous. But then I tried it, and I saw persons whom I knew from Tiff, Enrique, Q, and others. And I said, okay, I'm ready. Another thing that bo bothered me about, well, one of these Goldis's case was about that lady and her fraudulent business. Now, this lady lied and Scotus agreed with her lie, which is now going to affect millions of us or persons that we know here. But in another country called Uganda, those same conservative rules, unfortunately, got passed in Uganda, and persons' lives are on the line. So once again, do not be discouraged, because we are a part of history, and even years after this is all said and done, our children, children, children will know that we did something and we did not sit on these sidelines. Auntie D, I'm grateful for your patience. 
Well, I am. As many of you can tell, I have a speech impediment. And I will say that Auntie D took her time with me. It takes persons with patience and care to understanding someone like me. And I'm grateful for everyone in this room and who will listen to this place. This space is my family reunion of knowledge, love. Thank you guys once again. Many blessings. Um, blessings to you, V, and thank you so very much. And a reminder, guys, um, on my Spotify channel and my YouTube channel is an interview uh, that I did with uh, Queen V that you definitely should take a listen to. She is an awesome activist. I am so glad she is on our team, and it is not hard at all uh, to be patient and to be supportive of you. You're an awesome woman and I am so thankful that I have gotten to know you and I'm glad I know that you were you know ha facing some challenges caring for family members and and various things and I'm so glad that you are feeling well enough today to come in and join in the conversation I feel like we're all enriched um, by your presence and your contributions so thank you uh, today for some great uh, contributions and um, advice so, Danny, you're up next. Uh, afternoon, everyone. Thank you, Ms. D, for this space and soul sister. Uh, hope you feel better as well, um, Lion's Den. Um, and afternoon to everyone else. Um, so, of course, I'm going to talk about the Fourth Estate and their reporting on our current president and our uh, past president, uh, President Obama. And um, when I was reading and listening into the reporting, one of the things that jumped out at me, you know, President Biden with no socks, like heaven forbid, I guess that's his tan suit moment. Um, that's exactly what I thought of, Danny. I was like, y'all are so petty. <laughs> and like, it cannot be a slow news day. Like everything that we got going on right now, like this is what we're focusing on. And I mean, if you ever want to see just how privileged President Bush, VP Cheney, VP Pence, even to some degree Al Gore, how privileged those men are, we don't hear what they do, their comings and goings, if they're out to dinner, if they are overseas, we don't hear anything too much about them. V uh, Mike Pence, you know, he's a laughingstock. They don't even take him seriously. He has no political home. But when you look at everything that Dick Cheney has done when he was vice president, you look at everything that George Bush has done when he was president, the fact that they have the right and the privilege and the luxury to just quietly live their lives. President Obama and his family, that includes his wife, his daughters, and his mother-in-law, his brother-in-law, they did what they were supposed to do for eight years. 
they were the model family. Whether people want to believe that or not, did not mean that neither one of them was perfect, but they understood that they were being watched. They understood that they had to represent, that they would be critiqued, that, you know, they would be under a microscope. And damn, if they did not play their part right. And I hate to say it that way because it's not really playing a part. I think that's just who they were. They were literally just trying to do the best that they could for the American They people. understood their duty and, and they carried it out with yeah. precision. <laughs> yeah. And still, for eight years, I'm sure he had to find a way to block it out, to try to protect the daughters, to have his wife be compared to an ape or a gorilla. The fact that no one even wants to acknowledge on that side that his mother is white and that he was raised by his white grandparents. Like, they only ever saw him as a black man. And they were going to always remind us and the rest of the world that he was. And I feel like that's what we're seeing here when it comes to what he's doing on vacation. He's served his time as president for eight years. He has done the best that he could possibly do. Leave that man alone. And then to have someone like a Dick Cheney look at what he did with the Middle East Donald Rumsfeld I know he's gone but look at what his hand was in all of that and that all of them are just able to quietly go back to their normal lives back to raising money back to donating back to pushing their own agenda behind closed doors they're given privacy they're given privilege they are given the opportunity to just live and the fact that somebody decided they wanted to not only threaten former President Obama, but be so close in his neighborhood. All because the former guy, uh, the White House squatter, posted his address along with um, Podesta's, I think, on a telegram channel or maybe his social media, but somewhere publicly. Um, and the question is, how did Donald Trump know that? Y'all my friends. You shouldn't have that information. And secondly, <laughs> who gave it to him? Because I don't think that Donald Trump, I don't think anybody in Obama's inner circle would give it to Donald Trump. So who did Donald Trump get it from? Yes. Mm-hmm. And why is that not gross negligence? I don't know, Mark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, why can't we sue <laughs> Like, just provide, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm fun- it's funny because I'm trying not to be too serious about it because then it gets scary, right? Because then we remember what happened last year to Pelosi's husband. It's like anybody on the Democratic side, you see the same thing with the man from Miami, Florida back in 2018, I think. Yeah, 2018. Um Caesar Cesar, I think was his name, and um, Sayak. And he was just sent to Bali 20 years. He was the one that was sending bombs through the mail during uh, the midterms in 2018. And just last year, you know, he was finally sentenced for doing that. And again, he was hitting the, um, he was sending um, these packages to Obama, to the Clintons, to the Bidens, to CNN headquarters, and so forth. For one reason or another, people on the Democratic side just cannot go back to living a quiet life. Clintons, I don't know how many times they've been threatened. And it is not a game. And I'm telling you, if y'all think that was 2020, uh, yeah, 2020 
you know, after George Floyd was uprising. Anything should happen to the Obamas. I don't know if America is going to be ready for that. And I'm not trying to put threats on the internet because that's traceable. We don't want to do that. But you have to also understand y'all need to be really careful about doing or trying to harm certain people. The Obamas are one of them. Their daughters, and it extends to the rest of that family. Please leave them alone. I mean, we all sat, he is um, not the our community all sat on pins and needles for eight years praying uh, for their safety. Um, and, um, you know, so, yeah. Do you remember the his inauguration in 2008? And I know I wanted to see it because I was not in Chicago at the time or in D.C. at the time. But I was like, I want to see him come out of that limo. But at the same time, we don't need any snipers. Like, can we trust that they're going to protect him? I remember everybody was, like, holding their breath. Okay, now get mm -hmm. back in the car. Like, hurry up. Get back in the car. Get I mean, because the we don't need no issues right, right And now. it's not like we don't have examples of this happening to the great men and yeah. women in our country. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... <laughs> he can't even enjoy his time out out of office. And I think that is a shame. Um, and the way it was reported on, the way that it was covered, like a regular news. Why is that not breaking news, Ari Melver? That's what's breaking exactly. news. But instead, um, we get Joe <laughs> Biden wearing uh, tennis shoes with no socks. Okay. Where's the crime in that? Why is that important? What am I supposed to do with that information? How does it help me make a decision with these upcoming elections? It does nothing for me. You're literally just wasting space. You're wasting a segment on television. You're wasting um, a column in a newspaper by reporting on and it. And as Tip has You're said, literally you know, like sometimes we can waste energy arguing back and forth with, you know, trolls and, and, and bigots and, and people on, you know, social media platforms. Um, the same can be true uh, and is true with these um, media people wasting space, uh, airtime and, yeah. you know, column space mm -hmm. on things that don't matter. You know, like our democracy truly is at stake. And and because you're spending so much time focused on this, then people don't get the information that they need. Um, the flooding that happened this weekend, all of all up and down northeast, because we got a whole bunch of rain <laughs> this past. I mean, weekend. the whole world and I know went all on. the way fire this week and the rain has been non-stop like I was saying earlier uh, before you came in like part of the reason I wasn't quite as prepared as I wanted to be for today's space is I have been without power intermittently um, yeah. all night uh, all morning so yeah I can imagine um, our lights flickered a couple of times but we did not lose power thankfully um but we're not even talking about the flooding in New York. People are losing their homes. Bridges are out. I don't even want to know what the train station or what that even looks like at this point. The subways. Um, 
And then think about what happened in New York just two weeks before that, their air quality. Like, that's what we want to know about. I mean, when you think about credible journalism, without it, you don't get those stories. You don't get current events or current affairs. You don't even get international affairs. You don't get um, environmental science or environmental racism, like um, what happened in Flint or what happened in Jackson. Those people are still dealing with their own water crisis in the middle of the heat. They can't even trust the water that is coming from their faucet. And there's been no reporting. Again, it's just, okay, next story. Well, what happened to them? Who's being held accountable? We know what happened with Flint, with Governor Snyder, or former Governor Snyder. Nobody was really held accountable. Some of the families got to pay out. Not enough, in my opinion, because now these children have um, lifetime uh, medical needs that needs to be addressed because of the drinking water. Um, we still don't know too much about Jackson. And those were just only two cities. <laughs> we haven't talked about Newark. There are so many other things that could be addressed, and unfortunately, they're not. And we don't know about the stock market. We don't know about national disasters. Remember, I told you guys a couple of weeks, I found out about the other boat that was carrying 750 people that capsized because Obama talked about it. And I found out on Twitter. Like, it wasn't even being reported on your nightly news. Because everybody was, you know, obsessed with the surmissible um, or whatever. Um, when you have that, when you have a lack of credible journalism, what it also creates is a news desert where people just don't even get the news anymore. And that creates a breeding ground for misinformation and disinformation. So now you're doing twice as much work trying to get the correct information out and trying to fight back against misinformation and disinformation. Right now, I feel like all we have is just infotainment. Let me say something. Let me, you know, do like a witty tweet so you guys can tune into my show. And then I'll just give you an hour of opinions. What happened to just credible, fact-based, evidence-based news? Let me determine what I want to hear or whether I like it or not, but at least report what's happening. And there is a lot that is happening in the world. A lot of it can be scary. One of the ways that helps me feel grounded is when I know what's going on. Yes, I am nosy, of course. <laughs> Who wouldn't be? But I also like to know what's going on just for my own safety. We do. I mean, and I, you, as always, Danny, uh, bring out some extremely important, critical points like the world. Things are going on in the world, uh, no matter what they are reporting. And it would be great if, you know, those that are in, you know, uh, the place to be able to report would be reporting uh, more broadly. Um, what's going on as opposed to um, trying to report on what they feel like uh, people 
want to hear the topic of the day, the topic that's trending, the one that's going to get them, you know, some, you know, um, clicks and, um, you know, likes. And, and um, so it, it's just another example of their failing um, and um, the danger that they pose to us, which is why, like I said, I always love when you come and you speak to us about this because it's not that you're a journalist, you're a citizen journalist, you're a citizen, an engaged, informed citizen who looks at and who is able to discern, um, you know, what journalism is doing and what it is not doing and how um, it is, you know, harming us or or helping us um, when there is you know, some reporting that does, because not all of them are behaving in this way, but there's so few. There's so few. Yeah. And the majority of them that are tend to be the loudest voices. So they time, so they tend to drown out a lot of the good voices. Um, and again, if you don't know a Christian Amapur, a Richard Engel, um, if you don't know a Sherilyn Eiffel, I know she's not traditionally a journalist, but she is one she's of the She's a great best source of information. <laughs> yes. Soledad O'Brien. You know, even Dan Rather. I know he's retired, but you can still catch him on Twitter. <laughs> and he has, he has a newsletter you. as well, too, that uh, I'm sure you can yeah. sign up from. Uh, you can get a link uh, from his uh, timeline to sign up for. And um, it is a great newsletter. I mean, you don't really see them come up on your timeline. And sometimes I have to go and search in my search bar and go look for it, right? Because they don't always show up, even though I'm following them. And so you miss out on good journalism. And so now you're just kind of left with all these opinion pieces. I'm sorry, I don't want to hear Chris Hayes tell me anything about Russia. What does he know about Russia? Nothing. Um same thing with Susan Saran. I don't care. Nina Turner. I don't know. No, no, no. You can't tell me anything right now. And you're not a journalist, but you're on a panel and they're asking you questions. So you think that you're relevant or that you are informed enough to start reporting on it. No, you're not. I don't care. I don't care what she has to say to the lot of them. Um, we saw, you know, what was it last week? Uh, uh, the Young Turks. The I don't even know her name. Anna somebody. She was getting dragged all week, as she should. But they're not journalists. But they are given the protection and the access as if they were. And that's where the danger comes. Because a lot of the times their reporting is just opinions. It's not fact-based. It's opinion-based. And everybody has an opinion. Yeah, they're, not they're influencers that have taken on the persona of journalists. Exactly. And I still go back to if journalism is covered under our Constitution as the fourth estate, maybe we should start looking into should it be a licensed profession? Because there should be some consequences on how you are presenting information to the general public. Not everybody's going to be a political junkie like the majority of us in this space, right? So we can kind of smell the BS and like, okay, no, 
I want to source that better. I want to see somebody else report on it before I even share it, right? That's one of the things that I love about your space is that you you don't just let anybody up. And if we are going to report on something or mention something, we literally have something, two or three sources to back up what we're saying, right? We're not going, well, we heard this, this, and this. No, NPR reported it. AP reported it. You know, this is coming from uh, NBS, uh, NBC News desk or something, right? So it's not just, oh, well, you know, um, that guy on Turk, Young Turk said it. Okay, but where did he get his information from? And again, they all peddle in misinformation and disinformation. And last week, um, it was a great conversation. I just couldn't come up. But when we talked about the Supreme Court, and again, a lot of um, when I feel when I think about uh, Chief Justice Roberts, I also look at Sandra Day O'Connor because I think that the way uh, they rule are going to be parallel. And I think that in the end, history will not be kind to either one of them. Um, they both have decided that they get to choose what's best for the American people. Um, I don't think Sandra Day O'Connor, while she was still with us, because she is, you know, um, that she was ever fully held accountable for that 2000 election. Again, just like with the rest of the men that I just mentioned, she was able to just kind of fade in the background and go and live her life. We don't really hear too much about her role and how this country ended up being after the 2000 election. Um, I think it should be examined for, I don't know, last two years. We've been hearing RBG name getting thrown out. Well, she should have done this. She should have done this. She should have did this. And quietly, Sandra Day O'Connor's name never gets mentioned. And that vote was a lot closer than the 6-3 that we have now. And again, we journalists, and I have to say journalists because it's not always Republicans. It's not always the Mitch McConnells, the Lindsey Grahams, um, even the John McCain's of the world that are bashing Democrats that are um, going after liberals or um, the American people. It is journalists as well. You don't um, present an accurate picture of what happened. So it leaves room for people to interpret or leave out vital information. That is the danger when we don't have good journalism. That is the danger of when you don't have sound journalism. When you don't have integrity in your work, then it doesn't stand up against the test of time. People can pick it apart. They can pull anything out. And so now you're now having to fight back on your own reporting. And for the life of me, I do not understand. The fourth estate is covered under the Constitution. It is covered for one reason or another. Those men, those white men that came from England decided, no, nah, we got to protect freedom of speech. We're going to protect it. It's that important. We're going to put it up there. Some of them were inventors. Some of them were doctors, physicians, philosophers. And the one profession they wanted to protect was journalism. The right to give information freely to the people. 
and now we've turned it into a business mm -hmm. and now we and now they try to dictate what we should know what we should and, and who should be free to express themselves because they throw those words around um but they really again it's kind of like you know christianity and patriotism and those types of things that they throw on um they don't um really mean it what they want is the freedom to shut down a speech that is against um their beliefs and ideology um, and they want uh, people um, to bring their them into spaces that people don't care to hear um, their lies and um, their hateful uh, bigotry, you know, expressed. And last thing that I'll mention is journalism, as much as I critique it, I don't expect it to be perfect, but I do expect it to be better. And I want good journalism because if we don't even have that, imagine if we don't have the news, even good news. What does that look like? We have no news on the stock markets. You have no news on current affairs. You have no news on international affairs. You have no news um, when it comes to current events. So you don't know what the mass shooting was or where. Imagine if you had no, you had none of that information. What would this look like? <laughs> what would you do? And so this is really just not a calling out as much as can we just get it better? And there's a way to do it. There are some giants in journalism. Some of them are still here. Like they haven't all just passed. There's a way. There's, a, there's literally a formula <laughs> that works. <laughs> can we get back to that? And if not, Why? And if you're not going to be willing to get back to that, then why are you in the profession? Because we see a lot of journalists that have access and you get access and you do nothing with it. Ron DeSantis, he was interviewed, I think, by Fox because I did not watch the full interview. And they asked him no questions in regards to the flooding that happened in Florida or the immigration laws that he put in place. July 1st, just last week, um, uh, the permitless carry went into effect. Um, to all the parents who have children in public schools in the state of Florida, um, this new school year, they have decided the way to combat uh, mass shootings is that all children K to 12 are going to have to uh, have clear backpacks. Like that's going to stop the gunman. So if somebody comes to the school with the gun, that clear backpack is going to do it. Like I mean, it, you, they want to spend so much money on hardening, you know, facilities, SRO officers. And, right. and you know what? Uh, some of these Republicans, they are, are building businesses off of this. Instead of taking the guns away, you know, there are companies who have now created special glass. And, and this was after, you know, they, they are selling it. Actually, I think the Covenant School now has it. But, you know, it's, it's shatterproof and, and all of these other things and these security companies or whatever. So, you know, again, it's, it's kind of they have created an enterprise around a problem that they created when those enterprises would not perhaps need to exist if they would actually address the root cause of the problem, which are guns. <laughs> and we can do that. And just last week, you know, they had the uh, family 
go into uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, and they actually went to the building, the 1200 building, where a large part of the massacre happened. And it's five years later. It's five and a half years later, actually. And nothing has changed. No new laws have been put in place in the state of Florida. And everyone is saying they're going to demolish the building. They're not going to, um, they're, no one's going to go back into that building. But as though, you know, and they've preserved it. So unfortunately, uh, the family was able to see the crime scene as it was on that day. Um, some did say that, you know, they wanted lawmakers to come. Uh, if you are going to write laws to loosen the gun laws in this country or in this state, at least, you should at least go to a crime scene. And again, Ron DeSantis was literally just interviewed this weekend. Not one question was asked. That is lazy journalism. Even if he picks and chooses who he wants to have the interview with, that's lazy that you don't ask that question. That's all that's been reported this week or last week, I should say, on the news, that the families went back to uh, Marjorie Stone and Douglas. You, you hear the parents crying, you know, the coach that tried to protect his students. You hear his mother cry. What more could I have done? What more could he have done? You hear, I mean, and it is graphic and it is sad. But he needs to also answer for that because now he's not trying to just run for the state of Florida. He is now trying to run the entire United States. That is a worthy question. That is a good question to ask him. And not one journalist that did have the opportunity to ask him asked him that. That's unacceptable. Why wouldn't you? I don't care about your polling with Donald Trump. It's too early anyway. Y'all are probably going to cancel each other out. Who cares? We don't care about the polling. But your numbers are down because no one likes you in this state. And then he also is now trying to pass a law in the state that if you try to run for president while you're governor, you can still keep your governorship. Why would that be important right now? And he wasn't even asked that. <laughs> So this is what I mean when I say lazy journalism or just bad journalism. Because now you have access. You have him sitting right in front of you and you don't even ask. If he chooses to ignore the question, continue to ask it or don't move on. I don't understand the correlation. I don't understand the need to want to get to the interview and just drop the ball. Like, y'all pick this. <laughs> Why, why, I'm going to keep asking why, but because <laughs> I don't have an answer, unfortunately, but it's just some of the things that I see and that I wish that they could be better at, that they would be better at. And the only reason why I do want to hold them accountable, because we know that if it's Biden, they ask that question. If it's VP Harris, they ask that question. If it's President Obama, they ask that question. If it's the Clintons, they ask that question. And they don't necessarily ask it in a way to um, get an answer. Sometimes and oftentimes it's usually um, accusatory. Why did you do it this way and not this way? The privilege that Republican leaders have when it comes to journalism, I think, should also be studied. They do tend to get friendlier questions. Democrats just need to know it 
all the answers all the time, be right, be able to make everybody happy. And I don't think that um, the other side gets that kind of scrutiny or that um, those level of um, hostility when it comes to questions. We even saw it last week when um, President Biden uh, talked about the student loan debt. And the journalist, he asked that one, he answered her one question, and why did you give them false hope? And right, good for him, I didn't give them false hope. And he shut it down quickly, and I'm glad to see that he did. Um, you know, President Biden got some fight in him. I like it. I hope it, that continues. But again, they don't ask Donald Trump that question. Right. And that's the biggest problem. And so I'm just going to continue to rant and rave and get upset. But <laughs> thank you for letting me speak. Well, thank, thank you. You brought some very, very important observations, as you always do. I had um, Donna up here. I think maybe she lost connection. Are you guys still storming down there? No, no. Uh, okay. No today. Uh, um, I'm in a different... Um, than she's in. So. Right. Uh, I'm not sure, but I'm going to try to give her a few more moments because uh, she doesn't come up to speak that often. So I'm thinking that maybe it was a connection issue, but um, don't go anywhere. I'm going to give you um, and Mickey some final words because Donna was going to be our last speaker. Um, and I want to um, yield to my co-host to see if um, she had anything that she might like to share or add um, you know, on top of, you know, the great, um, you know, presentation that you just gave us and how we need to always be aware of um, the, the place that journalism should have, um, that it was given, oh, Donna is back, that it was given actually in our constitution. Um, and I love the way that you express that and like, you know, of all the professions in the world that they decided to put in there, they could have put doctor, lawyer, Indian, they put journalism in there for a reason. And I often remind um, people that, you know, uh, Donald Trump once made the uh, statement, I think it was when he was in Nevada that, um, you know, he liked the uneducated and there's a reason um, and there's a reason that we have organizations like Moms for Liberty currently. But in the past, we had uh, the Daughters of the Confederacy um, and others who have. Um, and um, in the or in the very beginning, it was against the law, literally for uh, slaves to read and write and for anyone to teach them. So this is a source of information. And when people don't want you to be informed, they don't want you to gain uh, knowledge uh, because knowledge is power. It truly is. And um, it is very easy to control um, um, a, a population that is not informed. And that is what dictators and fascists do. And one of the first things that they all do is shut down the media. Um, that is, um, I, I want to bring your attention back to um, Hungary, which was a burgeoning democracy. And Viktor Orban won. And one of the first moves he made was to shut down all access to uh, independent reporting and media. 
And so they have journalism, but it's pretty much state journalism, which is pretty much what Putin has there. I mean, you know, like when he went to war in Ukraine, he literally passed laws um, about what people could say and do. Like they can't just like, you know, dictator, the Floridian dictator down there, don't say gay. Uh, Putin uh, told his citizens, don't say war. So, you know. Um, this is what it will be like. And uh, if you are paying attention, like I said, it sounds good and, and it may look good to you right now out here, this guy out here running on retribution. But I guarantee you when you're caught in the net, net and you will, everybody ends up being that way because um, only those that are loyal and useful uh, to the dictator, get to live and truly, you know, have any sense of freedom. But, you know, is it really free? So anyway, I'm going to give Soul Sister, well, Donna, we got Donna back. So Donna, I'm going to give you the floor and then we're going to wrap up with Donna and I'm going to give um, Mickey and um, Danny an opportunity for some closing words and then my fabulous co-host. So I am so glad that you joined us today, Donna. How are you? I'm doing well, just a little busy today because I was in, but I had to drop out. My doctor's office called. I had to take that one. <laughs> I figured it was something, so I'm glad you came back. Um, I just wanted to say thank you so much for the interview with my mom. She really enjoyed it. You know, she don't get to talk to a lot of her friends and stuff anymore. A lot of them are gone, so she's kind of, you know, nostalgic about how things used to be when she had all her friends and you know, she, she, that's what she said. She said she really enjoyed it. And she said, I only got to tap on just a little bit, but you know, so she, she was in her, she was in her happy mood. <laughs> and oh, that you is know, like awesome. she, and I told her like, we just uh, really touched the, the surface I expect to have more conversations with your mom. And I, uh, you know, we have talked about actually me having a conversation, um, kind of a little round table with some elders, uh, much like her, because I think there is much that we can learn from um, women like her. So um, it's going to be a, a continuing conversation. This is um, just a preview of what's to come. So uh, I, I can't tell you like how much of a delight it was to me uh, to, <laughs> to talk to her. She's so wonderful. And uh, she didn't even get a chance to tap in on the service that my grandmother and grandfather, because they were both government workers as well, who retired from the government. And now that now that's the the real geist of it, because those two, one worked for uh, my grandfather was uh, worked for the Park Service, and my grandmother worked for the government printing office, and they actually had to sue to get a lot of the money and stuff that they were shafted out of. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot. And, and it gives a historical uh, kind of review of how, you know, people say, oh, the government is this, the government is that. Oh, they don't know what the government was like unless they actually worked there. So, yeah, she can give you some historical respect prospects of that. So... But yeah, she. I just wanted to say thank you so much, D. She really enjoyed it. She did. 
Well, thank you. And, and again, you know, just give her a big hug. Um, I uh, really enjoyed it. And like I said, I've uh, spoken to another um, person who has agreed uh, to have this conversational roundtable with the elders. And I can't wait. Uh, and maybe we can get more into your uh, grandparents' work and things. Because, um, you know, I was talking to Dr. Marshall, who, of course, you all know, is a historian. And for me, yeah, I'm a news junkie, but I'm also, you know, um, a history nerd <laughs> of sorts. And I find um, history most interesting and, and resonating when it is viewed through, you know, like the, the personal lens uh, perspective, um, like people uh, like your mom and Dr. Marshall, who like I know um fact and date wise about the uh, civil rights um, laws, you know, uh, that uh, were won and, and, and achieved, but it's quite a different perspective to know um, how those laws, uh, what they looked like in people's lived lives, because, you know, like your mom went to work right after that and you know like how affirmative action helped her into the workforce but you know like it still wasn't smooth sailing or anything it wasn't like you know you're in hey everything's cool now it's a constant no. fight it always has been and for a long time it probably will continue um to be and um when i look at at historical data and stuff i oftentimes uh, think about my grandmother who was born in the early 1900s and my great great grandfather who was born in the late um, 1800s. And yeah. when I read dates and things, I think <clears throat> about them because like I, you know, my one grandmother, I know her, you know, I knew her and she lived to be um, 98, just a few months shy of 98 years old. So she saw a lot of things happen and I know the kind of person that she was so to know that she endured things like a you know a pandemic um you know race riots uh, and uh, all manner of things you know not being able to uh vote uh not being able to be educated and to go to school and to know the woman that she was um when she you know was here it amazes me and it gives me hope you know, it gives me hope. And talking to people like your mom gives me hope. And it, it helps just, like I said, some of the historical uh, achievements that we have made. It just sears them in my my brain, my mind, my memory in a more um, significant way. Yeah. Because after the uh, interview, we, me and my mom were talking and she was saying how, you know, that was what everybody did being in D.C. That's what everybody did. They got a government job. They worked there and they retired. She said, but when we look back and compare it to now, most of uh, my cousins, some younger, some older, they're not going into the government like that anymore. They're going into private industry. And that was a, you know, so it's, it's a lot of different ways by having these type of interviews, even as a family, we can sit down and think about things that we hadn't thought about. So it was really enlightening. It was. 
Well, I am glad um, to know that, you know, you, uh, she felt that way and that, you know, you continue, it sparked even further conversation um, between you and her. And I hope that it continues to do that. And I hope it does that for other people. And, you know, as I told you, I, um, you know, some of the questions that I had for her are, were based on kind of questions that I asked some of my older relatives and things. And, you know, Dr. Marshall, I've learned some things from her. But it's important, again, for us to um, tell our history, for us to get our history. Um, I put up in the Jumbotron about one of the Freedom Riders uh, that we lost recently who was 83 years old. And, you know, the impact that they, you know, their work, their sacrifices um, have made uh, that we get to benefit from. Um, and I, I think we need to remember and, uh, and give honor to those um, that, you know, have done that, you know, because it's on their shoulders, truly, that we stand. It's because of them that we're able to go to certain um places and and walk through the front doors and to get served and to go to school so it matters yeah and then too it's like very few people you know on this app really have know my mama have talked to her danny has because when we were fighting for uh her baby boy you know with dealing with the school system here and she could tell you it it it, it is it's rough and having her and her experience dealing with it, it helped us try to get through to some of the people that she really needed to get to. So, yeah, she's that's who she is. If it's a problem somewhere, and it's, especially if it's dealing with the kids, or, well, I just say younger than her, because she look at all of us as kids. So, <laughs> you know, she'll do what she can. And I love that. And you, I, I immediately grasped that in uh, our conversation, she is um, someone who is um, a helper. You know, Mr. Rogers said, look to the helpers. And so it doesn't surprise me that your mom is someone that people look to. Uh, my mother was much um, that kind of person as well. And I, like I said, I just feel grateful to have had an opportunity to you know, um, introduce myself and her to introduce herself and share a little bit of her story. And I feel like it just piqued my interest and, and got me inspired enough. Um, I'm very eager for the next conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think y'all both were enamored by, by each other. We'll put it that way. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much, Donna, uh, for joining us today. And again, like I said, I put that interview up in the Jumbotron and it is on um, my podcast channel, Spotify, Apple um, and Anchor. Um, later on today, I will have it on my YouTube channel. So I encourage you guys to listen to it there and also to subscribe to those channels because, you know, we talked about a little earlier how crazy things are getting here. I don't even know if this app is going to be around. We're all going different places, scattering to the winds, but our, our heart uh, uh, and our minds are still um, the same, uh, the work that we're doing. So uh, we will continue to find each other and I'm finding my other places and communities. So I uh, would love to build community with you guys on those platforms that I'm on. So I hey. hope that you do join. Mm -hmm. Do you have Instagram? 
I don't. Um, you know, oh, okay. I, it, it's that Zuckerberg thing. And I, 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 I actually have an Instagram account. I just don't use it. I have a Facebook. I don't use it. And, you know, I, I may, I'm, I'm going to think about it. I've heard really good things about Thread. I just need to um, kind of meditate on it a little bit more. But, you know, if I join, you know, I'll find you guys and I'll make sure you know I'm there. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, how they say, even even your your little one has an Instagram page. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I have so many reasons. Like I said, you know, we all have our little things and, you know, people and issues and, and he's one of mine. And so that's just uh, my personal protest stance. And, you know, I may change my mind, uh, give in to the threads. I don't know, but I'll let you guys know. So, um, um, Mickey, you're still up here. Did you have any final words that you'd like to share with us? No, I'm good. I hope everybody has a great rest of the day. And hopefully I'll be able to catch up with you guys soon. Well, awesome. You shared some wonderful information with us today. I can't wait to take a look at that and, and learn a little bit more about it. As I said, I, I love um, sustain, uh, learning about sustainability and seeing what we can do in that area and certainly amplifying, um, you know, great messages is about it. So thanks again for that. And Danny, uh, as always, it was a joy um, and just um, so informative Um for you uh, to hear from you today. So I want to give you an opportunity for some last words. I know you shared a lot with us and I really appreciate that because I feel like we're all a little bit smarter and um, just um, a bit more passionate and more keen um, and keenly aware of um, what's going on in the media because of the way that you speak to it with the passion that you have for it. So uh, I, again, I am just always so grateful for you to come and take time out of your day to share with us. So any last thoughts from you? Uh, thank you for having me, Miss D and Gwen. Um, the only thing I'll say is just continue to support good journalists. Um, we need to highlight those more. It's not just, and again, I, I know I come down hard on them, but it really isn't just to critique them. It's really, um, it's just asking that we get better news reporting because it's important it is so necessary um especially what's going on with ukraine what's going on with nato again i mention it often i'm not someone who's too um informed or well informed when it comes to geopolitics so when i hear about what's happening in ukraine um russia all that stuff my ears tend to perk up because that's information that i'm just not familiar with so I, I like to hear good reporting, um, sound reporting on information like that. It gives me a better understanding of geopolitics. <laughs> and that's never a bad thing when you have more information and you have information that is fact-based, that's evidence-based, um, backed by data. Um, that can never be a negative, in my opinion. Um, so hopefully, you know, um, if you are like me, you do have a few subscriptions um, to different newspapers, and I guess that they are getting the message because on my timeline on Twitter, I'm seeing a lot of $29 a year for Washington Post. Um, so maybe they're getting the hint 
that, you know, a lot of people have left their publications. New York Times is another one that sometimes you'll see, you know, they're trying to offer rates at a discounted price if you sign up. Um, but if you um, have access to good journalism, then highlight that. Retweet it. Share yes. it. Yes. I'm glad that you mentioned the Washington Post because I, I, I am a subscriber, but normally that little discount is only offered um, at the end of the year, year. Uh, like at Christmas time. So I thought it was interesting. Like, here we are in July, right? <laughs> yeah. And again, in the, the negative um, about not having good journalists is that you, we get a news desert where literally there are no local publication right so now you're just kind of forced to if you can in your area afford cable maybe you're only watching fox so it's good also to invest and support your local journalists as well and sometimes and again all journalism is local like all politics it takes local journalism local reporting eventually for things to uh, become national right that's what happened in jackson that's what happened in flint um, a Tennessee lot of three other mm -hmm. areas. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, environmental ra um, racism and reporting, I think, is another underlying like um, area that we don't get enough of it unless it until it becomes a bigger issue. Um, but again, it's all important. So that's all. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Um, and I, I love that you, again, you know, kind of highlighted env environmental uh, journalism because, and, and we talked earlier about, you know, black farmers and, and those types of things because black communities are often harmed uh, environmentally with uh, a lot of things. And here in Memphis, we have um, a lot of communities where, you know, the TVA, you know, they have uh, coal ash um, sites, um, they have uh, danger to their uh, water system and supply as well. And, um, you know, earlier in the year, they were under a boiled water advisory. So, um, you know, only probably because I look to certain local papers and things. Do I know that? But it, was it advertised or 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 um, was it made known nationally? No. Um, and um, another conversation that I'd like to have. I've had a little bit of it here um, today, um, but um, about in, in the past. But they also uh, we talked about uh, them. Uh, taking black uh, people's land. We have black farmers here in West Tennessee uh, whose land uh, they are trying to take now because, you know, the big Ford automotive company has come and planted their flag here. They've been given the biggest, you know, kind of contract and deal that the state has ever made. And so, you know, black people who have owned land right there um, at that site and, and around it are being pushed out uh, so as not to be able to benefit from that. And the grossest part of all of it is, is that many of them, um, a couple of them, their ancestors were slave. Uh, they were enslaved and, and worked on that land. And then they were able to become owners of it. And now that they're owners, now they're trying to take it again. So it's kind of like our rights. We fight for them, we get them, and then they try to take them again. So we have to stay woke you know and it's it's yeah. constant it's constant and just one last thing if i can and i think mm -hmm. it's also important too that we also uh remind folks too just because that you know 
as we see with our rights, um, environmental racism. It just means that black people or the most marginalized get hit first. Doesn't mean that you won't get hit as well. You, we just get hit first. <laughs> uh, eventually it's gonna come knocking at your door too. Nobody's safe from this. And in real time, we are watching people that has been elected in our government, different levels, right? Whether it's state, whether it's federal, um, they are literally trying to rewrite our constitution in front of us. They are about um, being exclusive, not inclusive. And if you are not white, if you are not straight, if you are not male, you should be really concerned. You, this should, <laughs> I don't know what else needs to happen. If you've been asleep at the wheel, I don't know what needs to dog you up. Because we've all been woke, right? We saw this. This is why so many of us were crying in 2016. Why some of us were still angry about 2000, right? Because that's really when it started, I think, in some ways. Um, but they are literally rewriting our constitution and they are trying to exclude as many people as possible and daring us to do anything about it no shade i'm not trying to tell anybody how they should protest or anything but it's not enough to just knit a pink hat or you know dawn on a hands made tail costume like enough of that that's theatrics we don't need that we we need some real action here and so that 47 percent that voted thank you you, you saw it for what it was and you did your best. But more than likely, that 47 also knows that 53% and that 55%. And that's where the real work belongs and where it needs to be uh, focused on. And again, it's not just because, you know, Black people, we're going to hold the Clarence Thomas accountable. We're going to hold the Tim Scotts accountable. White men, too. I keep saying it. White supremacy is an illusion. They will pick and choose who is protected today, and they will change their minds tomorrow. You are not as safe as you think you are. And I hope that that message becomes clear <laughs> as the day goes by. Because that's really what it's going to come down to. So... Okay, I'm done. Um, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. You, um, again, you know, just are making so much sense. And I did let Carrie come up because I saw in our thread that she posted something because you have that way about you, Danny. You um, spark, um, you know, enthusiasm and uh, passion in others. And so I think uh, Carrie wanted to add something regarding um, um investigative journal, uh, local journalism. So Carrie, go ahead. And then uh, I'm going to go to Soul Sister and we're going to close up. And I want to thank you guys again for an awesome conversation as always this week. Carrie? Yes, thank you. This has been great as usual. I'm so happy that you do this. Thank you. Thank you. And um, I just wanted to let people know that um, this summer I've had to go through, I mean, I have to do this regularly is, you know, check what I'm subscribed to in automatic renewals and make sure I cancel what I have to. And I've had to cancel the majority of all um, 
newspaper, digital newspaper subscriptions, because um, like with most of us, um, inflation has just caught up to us. And and I've spent way, 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 way more on my grocery bill than I've ever imagined that I did by not being very careful when I'm actually at the store and then looking back. So, whoa. But um, I just want to encourage people still, as I do, to um, when there's a sale, especially I even caught a really good sale for the san francisco chronicle for a while you just have to be sure to you know uh cancel that i got that one too yeah, yeah. like 25 cents for yeah. two months or it whatever was and I was like, yeah mm-hmm. yeah you just have to remember to cancel that auto renewal right away <laughs> otherwise you get in trouble like i have done but um and i try to go you know like sometimes i'll catch a sale at the miami herald or the milwaukee sentinel is that what it's called just several um and it gives you different perspective, and I just love it. But I also, there are the free papers, so I posted down below the Flatwater Free Press, which has just done fantastic journalism. And uh, when I get a chance, I'll donate to them. And then there's another one. I can't remember if it's, it's not the Tennessee Bee. I don't know why I'm blanking out. It's like the Bee something, but it it has fantastic um, journalism, uh, especially about black issues and when I find it I'll post it below and and give it to the attention of Danny and Dee um, but please do share your gems for news whether it's the reader in your town or whatever so we can share and uh, do your best to catch those sales and then uh, cancel that um, automatic renewal so that we can keep each other abreast of what's going on and thanks again everybody thank you Danny thank you all well, thank you, Carrie, and I appreciate that. I think I turned a whole lot of people on to Tennessee Holler. <laughs> uh, probably didn't think, um, you know, they were uh, that big a deal, but they uh, do some great work, and I am glad that they have gotten um, amplified and, and they get uh, followed because uh, not for them. There were um, a lot of things that we probably never would have known that wouldn't have been um, included in our you know, kind of local, the, the legacy paper, like the, the uh, Tennessean and that type of stuff. And I feel like um, Jason, the guy who runs it, uh, has been inspired and encouraged by the support and what it allows them to do is to hire more people, to go further um, and to just, you know, be encouraged. And if you can support them, then then certainly do. But, you know, for some of them, um, it's their passion and they love to do it. And I feel, um, you know, it's important to let them know we appreciate, we see what they're doing. It's important. It's needed. So again, thank you so much, Carrie and Danny and I want to thank all of the early speakers that we had Mark for coming and giving us that legal update and we're going to get some more of course um, he's our regular he keeps us you know informed and, and sane about some of these things and Mickey for bringing us the environmental you know um, updates uh, uh, the story on on that um, hydro um, what, what was it again Mickey the um, okay, she may have stepped away. But I think it was geothermal. Geothermal. 
Okay, clearly. yes, because uh, Allie was talking about hydrothermal, so that's how I, but yes, I, I love sustainability, and we have to be looking at these things, so just a great conversation today um, that, you know, everyone, you know, Allie have certainly gave us some great geopolitical, um, you know, news, um, and um, uh, Queen V uh, coming in, uh, sharing with us, checking back in after, you know, she's been dealing with some things, and knowing that, like, all of you are are going to continue to do the work, whether you come in here or not, whether you uh, speak in here or not. I just appreciate uh, the work that that you do, um, and I know that you're going to continue to do it. But I again appreciate all of you coming in and sharing your voices with us and uh, Joseph again. Um, and we even had Gregoire uh, earlier. We hadn't had him in a while. So just a lot of wonderful voices, a lot of great information and conversation today. So I want to thank you all and remind you that, of course, you can share and retweet the space for those who weren't here or weren't able to stay, um, you know, to um, hear this conversation. And I do try to uh, repost um, our conversations on to my other cha podcast channels, and uh, I will be putting that one there as well. I uh, my Spotify and Apple channels are caught up um, up to last week, so I will be getting this one there. And my goal is to try to have these conversations there on Tuesday, and eventually by the end of the week on my YouTube uh, channel, along with, of course, the other personal one-on-one -on -one interviews and group conversations that I uh, will be doing and the ones that I have done. So again, just I really appreciate you guys um, so much for being supportive, for joining, contributing. It means a lot. And we're all in this together. And I think um, we just continue to to come here and, and share with one another, it's, it's important. And, you know, as I have said many times, no matter what happens, I'll be here until, you know, this app evaporates. I'm making plans to be in other places when, and in case it does so that, you know, we can gather and find each other because we know no matter, you know, app, no app, we're going to be fighting. And um, so it's important to, you know, just have other like-minded people in the fight with us. And I know that all of you are. And look, Allie came back up. She's wants some last words. And then I'm going to my co-host and I'll close you out with some wonderful, inspiring words from John Lewis. Breaking news, breaking news. Turkey has agreed to not block Sweden from joining NATO. That's huge. Woohoo! There we go. That is That's huge, awesome. huge, huge. That's yep. a big deal. There we go. Thanks, yeah. Yes. Okay. I am so glad that you came <laughs> back up and I'm so glad that we were able to yeah. uh, get that you know, nailed down here in our space, yeah. you know, a very historic moment. Yeah. So again, thank time. you. That's how you break news. Yeah. That is newsworthy. That's how you break news. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Take note, Ari. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious, Danny. <laughs> oh, wonderful news. So, wow. Um, I'm going to be dancing on the ceiling about that. That is a huge, huge deal. So I can't wait to go look at more uh, NATO news. And let's see if uh, mainstream media here, um, you know, pivots and talks about that, or if they just continue with sneakers and grandchildren, you know. <laughs> uh, so, Soul Sister, give us some of your closing thoughts today. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. I. I spent part of this morning and during the space I was searching for an article and I don't 
think I found the exact one that I saw and I read a, a few uh, lines of, of over the weekend, but it was about uh, the extremism of MAGA uh, and how it is contagious. And I, if I could remember the publication, I could probably find it. But I was able to find something in reference to um, why no one was reporting on or, you know, mainstream media wasn't really reporting on uh, the mega extremists that went for, um, went after our forever president, Barack Obama. So I did post that one, um, which which has a somewhat of a similar take. Um, also, I, I, I agree. Um, Bernadette had made a comment and uh, Danny agreed with it um, as well that it is prejudice reporting, and I, I agree with that. I do know that there are times when <clears throat> the media wants access to people, so they allow them to say, "You can't ask me questions about this. You can't." And that is not to give the media an out. That is to say that they allow them. Whereas, I, I don't even believe that. Um, it, you know the the our democrat democratic party uh would put such uh stops on any question that they might find uh that they don't want to have an they don't want to speak publicly about or or that that might be controversial i think that they're just prepared for it whereas the other ones are are getting a pass and and it is wrong but that's that 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 is the way that it has been for many many moons, and it's a shame, and I and I I just hate that. But I just wanted to to put that out there that I do believe that part of why they don't get those questions, and they get the little fluff pieces, is because that is what they have demanded in order to get um, access to those people, and it's a shame that that that's been allowed. Hold on. Um, I'm sorry, my son, I'm sorry, my son just came in from work. Um, anyway, um, I I do want to say that uh, I enjoy the opportunities when I can just listen and learn from uh, this space and the people who contribute to this space because I think that is important and I always enjoy when uh, Danny comes up and, and gives us a, a really good take on uh, the fourth estate, when Joseph is talking about the local politics and um, issues that are important to him, when Mickey gives us a, something that uh, we might not even be thinking about, like the environmental, and when Allie gives us the, the geopolitical view, it is really important that um, we do take those opportunities to listen and learn from one another. But what I think I found most endearing um, is listening today to Miss Francis, um, Mama Donna's mother. I, and I haven't finished the entire interview, but um, it makes me cherish and appreciate the wisdom and the experience of our elders because no, it, it, it makes me realize that whatever I think my struggles are into for today these are the pioneers who first endured something so much greater and they're still here and thriving and um and they they don't sound hopeless and and beat down and i i think that that gives me um it strengthens me so i appreciate um d when you when you 
offer us those opportunities and those glimpses into the lives of people who um, are truly out here making a difference and who have um, overcome battles and challenges that, you know, many of us have never experienced on a firsthand basis. So um, I just want to say that, as always, I'm grateful for this space and I'm grateful to be part of this community and, and part of the space in general. So I hope you all have a great week. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, uh, Soul Sister. And um, I um, thank you for the articles and information that you have uh, shared and brought to the conversation today. And I'm, I'm really grateful and thankful uh, to you being such a fabulous uh, co-host and uh, contributing um, in the way that you do um, with me here every week. Um, I, I learn so many things from you and I'm able to bounce a lot of things off of you and get, um, you know, good, solid, you know, honest feedback. And it is so important and it is important to have, um, you know, like I have, the people who come in and share and contribute, but you know, running this space is not um, easy, regardless of what people think. In order to run one the way that I would like to, um, you know, to be uh, productive, so I appreciate having someone that um, is doing it here with me who helps to make it easier. It really, really makes a difference, and it matters. And I just want to, you know, take an opportunity to to thank you and tell you how much I appreciate that and how important um, it is to me. And I wanna thank all of you who have come in and shared some wonderful information and articles and things with us. Uh, if uh, you have not been able to hear the whole conversation today, I would encourage you um, to uh, go back and listen to it, share it with other people. Um, there was some great contributions. There's some great information that has been placed in the nest and the jumbotron that I think uh, you can all learn from. And um, I, Allie brought us some great breaking news. I think that's fantastic news about Turkey, um, you know, allowing um, Sweden to join NATO. And, you know, for a long time, you know, you know, NATO was just kind of an organization that, you know, kind of was created a long time ago. I don't think um, some people really felt like it was even needed anymore. And now look, you know, it is really because of that organization, uh, the unified uh, support uh, that they have been able to garner and exercise um, has really, I think, kept um, you know Russia in check and kept Ukraine um, able to continue in this fight for their democracy. So again, thank you all for being here. And I just, I wish you all a fabulous week ahead. Um, encourage you all to um, pay attention to, um, you know, the news that is being uh, reported um, and that, you know, is not trending, but that you know um, is important to our democracy to share and amplify those stories with one another here in the community so that we can all be informed because, you know, we are better citizens when we are informed citizens. And that's what we do here. And I appreciate each and every one of you, because as we know, Danny 
so eloquently pointed out to us today um, many of the failings of our journalism here. Um, I look at all of us as somewhat citizen journalists. We kind of do our own reporting. We do our own snooping and we find those who are also doing the good reporting. So I think it's important for us to continue to do that. Um, and, you know, Carrie talked to you about trying to take uh, advantage of bargains um, that some of these legacy papers are sharing, because we do know that part of the obstacle to us receiving good journalism is that, you know, the important stuff tends to be behind a paywall. Um, and, you know, the cheap, you know, and <laughs> consequential stuff is free. Uh, and we have to kind of change that or get them to to mix it up. We have to uh, change that narrative because, again, as Danny pointed out, uh, were not journalism important to um, the uh, survival and the healthy maintenance of our democracy, it would not have been included in our Constitution. It's important. So you guys stay woke. Keep doing the great job that you're doing. Um, don't get discouraged. Um you know, sometimes we may need to sulk, vent a little bit, you know, take a break, self-care, of course, first and foremost, um, do what you need to do, because this fight is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And in fact, it's the kind of marathon that even when we leave here, it will not be finished. We will need to be passing the baton off to others. Uh, it is a continual um, effort and work uh, for us as uh, citizens to maintain our democracy. So it's inherent, you know, that we uh, teach that next generation um, ways. Uh, we, we fight and gain some rights for them and also set an example of how to fight, what to do, because, you know, inevitably, like we are now, you know, there was another generation before me, um, you know, like John Lewis and some others who fought for me to be able to go to school with, you know, white and black kids. But now they are changing some of the um, things that, you know, are available to kids in school. They are, you know, basically creating uh, school to prison pipelines and, you know, black and brown kids are uh, a big part of uh, that, that target. They're privatizing schools. So we have a different fight, but it's been, you know, really just kind of the continuing fight. So all I'm saying is, Thank you for being here. Thank you for continuing to be engaged and informed and, you know, just encouraging you to continue and know that you're not that you're not alone. We're all in this together. And I believe that we um, will succeed and that, you know, what that success looks like will change over time because I feel like our democracy is a leave, uh, you know, it's a, a living, you know, experiment. So there, it should change. It should keep getting better. Um, and I know that all of you are of the mind to do the work to help ensure that because we all prosper and do better when we're living in a, a fully functioning, healthy, thriving democracy. And I want to leave you with the words from the late, great Representative John Lewis. And no matter what is happening, what news is breaking, um, I look to these words to keep me hopeful. And I hope they do the same for you. And they are. Do not get lost in a sea of despair. Be hopeful. Be optimistic. Our struggle is not the struggle of a day, a week, a month, or a year. 
It is the struggle of a lifetime. Never ever be afraid to make some noise and get in good trouble, necessary trouble. So I just want to thank you guys for coming here, getting in good trouble with Soul Sister and I today, making a lot of noise and encourage you to keep it up. I know you will. And we'll see you back here next week at the same time for some more good trouble. So peace and blessings. Uh, wishing you all a wonderful day and week ahead.